Let me hit record. We are we are live. Max getting his uh getting his Do I look sexy enough for the You look like you do every every podcast. You have your podcast uniform, which happens to be your everyday uniform. This is my home outfit. I mean, I see pictures with you. Okay. I'm gonna tell you something. When we recently when we've done this podcast, I don't wear pants. Totally I, naked in the bottom. So every time I get up from here, I have to be like uh I have to be like careful to not show it. I just watched Lefty die on the inside. I'm just thinking about like you know, does this have anything de- uh derogatory in the first seven seconds of this podcast? Well, we just failed that one. Thanks oh, a lot, we Max. Started already? We have started yeah, we, already. We did. Oh, it. We're, 50, I thought, I we're 50 seconds in, and Max oh, is already talking thought, about being pantsless. I didn't. I didn't hear the three, two, one. So I, I like that's my go-to. No, just no, just no. Yeah, I wouldn't no, say that one live. You know. Well, it's gonna stay there forever. Now it's, gonna, it's on the internet now. It's gonna stay there forever. But anyway, we really, got. Uh, are we really not retaking it? No, I thought that was epic. <laughs> you made your bed and now sleep in it. I thought that was very fun. <laughs> Now people are going to think you're always naked, half naked underneath when you're recording a podcast. Now, I will say this. When I was doing audio early and it was really hot in my old studio when the AC wasn't working, I would be in my underwear recording there because it was hot. Yeah, see? No video. Nobody wants to see that. I have no comment. Well, yeah, but nobody can see my what I'm... I could be lying for all you guys now. I think you're lying. I think you're lying. Anyway, you know what? With all this dilly-dally and pitter-patter, I have the new intro not loaded up yet. So um, I'm trying Dude, to find like, it. This is one of the worst Bruh. beginnings in a podcast ever. <laughs> anyway, you know what? I'm just going to hit that intro because Max is nude as a nudist. He's just letting us know. <laughs> Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this it's hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Lefty the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, 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 indeed. Night was the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 273 of the No Name RC podcast. Joining me this week is 
everybody's favorite co-host, uh, co-host, host of the NNRC, the professor of everything, the pistol off of nations, Max Mort. Hello, Max. How are you? Uh, hopefully a fully dressed Max Mort in this case, or at least some sort of clothing on underneath there. And uh, back You'll by never popular... know, dude. You'll never know. You'll never know. Back by popular demand and looking a little bit tired because you had to get up early. This is the Roachman, Roachy. RC Roachman of um, Roach, Roach RC Roach. fame and was on episode 271, I want to say. 270? 271, I believe. By popular I, demand? I, I, did you mark that down as like one of the best days of your life? Your life? It was a stepping stone. Awesome. I hope it is. I hope it was. Because it was awesome to have you on her. People had people enjoyed having you on her. And you and Max seemed to get off to a nice bromance, both of you about the same age. And um, you know, I thought that we'd have started, you back on her. That started when we, when I went on his show on YouTube. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know the show that I have not been on yet. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm good. not good <laughs> at interviews live. <laughs> It doesn't have to be live. live. It could be recorded. It could be recorded, yeah. I love recording because recording always lets people be a little bit more uh, relaxed because when you have to do live, you say something, you never comes back. Like, do you know live with Max and JQ is very dangerous. Oh, yeah. The thing thing with me, and I bet the thing with JQ too, is Mm. when it's live, I think I'm more, you know. They're trying to one-up each other. Yeah, yeah, but also like even when we're just two of us and it's live, I'm kind of more out there because I can immediately see the reaction of people in the comments. Now, when we're doing this, like I can say any type of shit and I don't really know if it landed, but like when I say something on live and I see the comments come, I'm like, okay, that one was good. We need to do a live. It boosts that engagement. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, We, we need to. Well, Max, I would like to do a live with you at some point. Uh, but the problem is, it's very late for you. So it would have to be a little bit later than this. And it really wouldn't... The problem is attaching it to America, right? Because of the time yeah. difference and everybody being at work. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, welcome back, kid. Good to have you on. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Max, for your time. We want to say thank you to everybody out there for all their continued support, the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you for all the support. We still see our Instagram, our TikTok. Our YouTube and Facebook can uh, grow in every week. We want it to grow some more. So don't forget to hit those like, share, notification buttons, follow us, and all those all those different social medias as well. As well as this man over here, uh, to my very far left, Roach RC, go and hit that like button on his channel. And Max hasn't been making videos for some while, for some time, but he does have some good videos up. So hit the uh, this the notifications buttons there. Also, a big shout out to all of our patrons of the NNRC. You will get early release of this podcast, as well as YouTube members. If you wish to support the podcast a little bit extra financially, you can. Links for that are in the written description of this podcast. Also, we can't do this podcast without the awesome support of these companies. Invisible Speed, books are shipping. Uh, I thought I was going to have mine today. I was hoping to do an unboxing, but it has not come in. Probably later on this week. High Tech RC, Course Attack USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Stacked RC, Racecraft USA, RC Box Club, Carl RC, Elite RC Productions, who are going on to Sundance this weekend, Florida RC Championships, a part of that, RC Body Armor, shout out to my boy Gene Strop Jr. if you want anything built, SJ Racing Builds, House of RC, RCGP, our drivers, David Ranafalk, Robert Badier, Alexander Hagberg, Matty G., Peko Ivanen, who's got long hair now, too, and uh, Yuna Hattinen, who was involved in some controversy this past weekend. Max wants to talk about that, and we will. 
Uh, let me just say some shout outs real quick. We had some birthdays. Um, I, if I missed you, I might have said you last week. Happy birthday, Axel Owen. Made it a point to message me. Did I make the birthday shout outs? I said, I can't remember. But he's now in Puerto Rico having fun. Tim Barf, happy birthday to you. Ed Zialox, Zach Carr, Dick Weekly. Good dude, Richard Weekly, otherwise known as Dick Weekly. Uh, it's his birthday as well this weekend. Happy birthday to him or today. Good dude, awesome dude. Sean Miller. John Mooney Jr., Maurice Lottenbach. That's a guy who really got on the podcast. Big shout out to Miller Freud, who is recovering from his uh, surgery this past a couple of weeks ago. He has uh, a little bit of a road ahead of him to get back. One of the fast off his races who just had a tumor removed was found non-cancerous as well. So that's always a great thing. And uh, good luck in your recovery, Miller. And we look forward to seeing you on the track. And good luck to everybody at FRCC. Safe travels to everybody going to Sundances this weekend and that red, red, red clay of Florida. And Max came up with a new one this week. Welcome to the world. Congratulations to Robert Battier Sanchez and uh, his significant other on the birth of their beautiful baby boy, baby Niels. Robert is a father. Life is about to change for him. Oh, that because neither are your fathers. Yeah, I kind of love how uncle. you said that. Uh, you know, said that you know with um, I don't know the word uh, wording for this in English, but you know, from experience, you know, from experience, like, yeah. Season, yeah. from experience, you know who else is about to have a baby? Ty Tessman, and uh, oh, he yeah. was. He was recently on EKJ24000, the other podcast, the RC podcast launch that Kate also frequents. My boy, Corey Jordan, Steve Harris, and those guys are part of that. So uh, go shout out to him. He had Ty Tasman. The biggest surprise to me, Cody King, which I'm halfway through now, and he got uh, Jeremy Quartz on. So, And you know what? I interviewed Ty Tasman last week as well. So we got to chat. How come how come he's got all these good interviews and you got none of them? Because Corey's pushing. Corey's pushing really hard. He's on that grind, sir, right? Yes. Now. He's, he's on that grind. And I am honestly, I, I'll be honest with you, I am busy recording stuff like that, but I'm also taking some time off to an extent. Does that make sense? When are you leaving again for your I, I leave next month. Uh, and okay. I actually extended that because I was going to go earlier, but I extended. I just needed some, need some time her off at home, yeah. you know. Um, it was a lot of time away, and I'm kind of I'm here. I'm working, obviously. Uh, I'm I have been recorded, recorded with a couple of guests. I'm going to record with a couple more next year, next week. Sorry. So when we when I am on the road, because I'm going to be on the road extensively for a few weeks, more than a few weeks, I'll have podcasts. I'll be able to release right. Uh, so I have been doing that, but at the same time, just taking uh, more of a break away from everything, which I much, 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 much needed. Uh, part of me is looking at the race and I'm like, wow, I want to be there. Like I would love to be at the FRCC race this past, this coming up weekend. Uh, but at the same time, I just, you just need a break. Right. And then, cause I know after it's going to get busy here shortly. So I'm doing that. Uh, I'm recording. We're doing. We're doing some. I'm doing some crawlings with my kids. Still haven't got my boats out. So my boy's been busy. Uh, we had an election here this past weekend, and that was like the day after was just nuts. It was just like uh, caravanas, like parties everywhere of the people that won. 
And now it's kind of back to normal. And get, we got to do it all over again in April. Well, they got to do it all over again in May, sorry, for the presidential election. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to for myself. Um, sometimes you need to take that break because I know I'm about to be incredibly busy. That doesn't mean I'm taking a break from it. I'm still consuming RC. I've been consuming a lot more RC content. I've been searching YouTube, looking at it's It's a lot of cool channels out there, man. A lot of cool RC channels out there. I wanted to say that I'm discovering and guys out there doing a lot of co- a lot of different content for RC. There's one guy who has like, a, I forget his name. And someone's going to bring it up. He has a channel where he calls races, but he does it in a style like where he does a lot of good editing. And it's like, a, it's, it's a short race and he has somebody else calling it and it, they make it really exciting. Like they put graphics up and they do this and I, I you know probably who know is. who he is, kid. RRLRC. That's who it is. I w- I've been watching some of his content, and they're right now we're, we're at a a very good era of people. Lots of people making content out there. So if you're a content creator in RC, just keep it up. It's a it's a freaking grind. You you know that, Kate. So, but that's probably relative about what we're going to talk about this this today. Um. So I just wanted people to know what's going on in my life. Obviously, Max, I assume school and everything is going on with you as usual, um, which isn't which isn't uh, unusual. But thank you for all your hard work as well. And Cade, you are working as well. Another young man that's working, start a new career apprenticeship and all that stuff. So as well as, but Cade, have you been able to get to do any racing lately? Last weekend, yes. Okay, so where did you go? Uh, I went to, again, my local track, local mm-hmm. RC complex. Um, you're rolling your eyes. I know. <laughs> Me? No, I've never been to Loganville. Oh, it's a really good track. Yeah, um, I've never been. It's like a little bit east of um Atlanta, a couple miles east of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Caston races there. Cole Ogden races there. Um, Cade Burnett and a couple others. I'm definitely. Oh, Aiden Ridgeway as well. Okay. Um, and Kyle Neary. There's a lot of people who race there, and it's good for me. Cause I get to race with people who are a lot faster than me mm-hmm. and just get tips from what they do and what they, you know, how they do everything. It also is good for just footage and just good to hang out. Uh, how's that N1 coming along? You running that exclusively that pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I've run a cup. I had, um, another driver run it named Ryan Daze or Ryan. Yeah, Daze. Daze. Yep. He drove it. I'm not sure he liked it very much. Okay. Okay. Have you done like that? What Mike Unki does to that car with the the, uh, the VRC VRC kit? kit? That's how it came to me. Yes, and I have all the parts to run it stock, mm-hmm. and I have all the parts to run it as a VRP kit. Surprisingly, there's actually a little bit of history between VRP and a gamma. Yes, and not it's not good. <laughs> I know, I know. It is. They're not very good friends. They're like, not very friendly. <laughs> no, they're not. They are not friends. Let's put it that way. One of one of the reasons why um, I believe that. Jones actually stopped running for them. Agama is an enigma right now. Uh, it's it's super popular in the in in the UK, United Kingdom and Europe in some areas, but over in America it has people running it, but not like it it used to be. I haven't even seen Billy at a race or do anything. I know he has his racetrack there, but mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, interesting. And now they released a ten scale that Mark Rumble put out a video out. I have to finish I watching that. that. I have to finish watching that. Lots of content out there. Max, you look like you want to say something. Not really. I was just, I don't know. 
Agama is an enigma, but also, did they really release the tool drive? No, but they what are the prototypes? Uh, prototypes, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let me correct they my words. The, yeah, they, they released the video about it. You know what? You know what I watched? Off tangent, real quick, right off tangent. So I watched this movie. I was up late the other night. And I'd start seeing it the other day. And this was taking place, I guess, in after in World War II. And it was a Finnish, I don't know if it's based on true story, but it was a Finnish guy, Finnish soldier that had killed a whole bunch of Russians and everybody was oh, scared of him. And they were trying to kill this guy, the white right? Because he found all this gold. This guy would not die. He was one tough Finnish bastard. He was yeah, like, thank you. Won't die. Yeah, he's um he's called Simo Hauhan. What ended up happening that they shot him uh to the jaw. So he has like all fucked up jaw since uh but he I think he killed like close to two hundred Russians. And he used to do it without a scope. So he was a sniper. But he used to do it without a scope because in the snow when the lights hit it it, it uh gives out, you know. You get scope flint. Yeah, yeah. You get but scope like, just in the, like in in the modern Call of Duty. The, Oh. In the modern days, you have like ways to prevent that. So back in the day, just, well, they tried the to kill him. I don't know if this was yeah. based. It must have been based on the story, but it couldn't have been true because this guy found all this gold. He got shot. He got blown up. He got caught on fire. He still did. He still. Yeah, alive. I don't think. Lives. I don't think. I don't think that's like uh, based off of true events. But probably the story came from Simon. Right. He's like a very the getting guy. shot in the face was part of it. Yeah, he got shot in the jaw. The jaw was, he, he, was like a, he was tough. He was tough. He was tough. All right. So I know we have some RC news to go over. Not so much news. Uh, we did have some races. We're going to go off real quick. Then we're going to uh, talk about a topic uh, that Max and I want to say I blame Roach also for, <laughs> for um, you know, co-signing on this. Co-signing on this, which is actually, wait, you guys, go ahead. It's your brainchild. Go ahead. Introduce our topic. Later on this week, this this podcast. Oh, the our main topic. Basically, the one that says, um, "Can you make RC out of a career, or career out of RC?" Our RC news and uh, track race spotlights are brought to you by High Tech RC and Invisible Speed. Stop scrolling! You wanna be Lewis Hamilton? Learn something new with Invisible Speed. You can't do everything at 100% maximum speed. You have to be smooth. I mean, when you drive a real car, if you drive a real car, how do you, do you just, when you get to a 90 degree corner to t- turn into the parking lot, do you go like that with the steering wheel? Do you like slam on the throttle and the brake? No, you probably turn the wheel smooth and get on the throttle smooth. Same thing with an RC car. If you want to learn more and make your speed visible, stop scrolling. That's right. Stop scrolling. You can find it in the written description of this podcast. We have an affiliate link for that. Put the online course. And of course, the books are shipping. If you haven't got a tracking number, it's probably on its way. That's how it kind of works. I know it's not the best thing. Also, a big thank you to High Tech RC for all their support. High Tech is coming in strong and in charge in 2024 with the introduction of our suite of new charges, the RDX2 200, the RDX2 800, and the RDX4, which is ca- has the capability of charging up to four batteries. Depending on your charging needs, HiTech gets you plugged in with, pow- with the power, multi-port flexibility, and ultimate reliability you require. You can find links for your HiTech products in the written description of this podcast. All right, so Max, for you, you say this was your bigger race this weekend. 
because obviously we're starting straight it's up in today. Europe. It's in Europe, and your friends were there. But we had Motoroma this past weekend that was happening as well, which I thought was a great track. Uh, but we'll touch base on the Amiibo race real quick. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, we Do we want to go? Oh, we have, yeah. I didn't realize you had so much notes, Max. Yeah. Th- there are a th- lot of races this last year. There's a lot of racers. You, you can't rush it, dude. Okay. So let, let me let's 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 uh, start over. Okay, I'll I'll take the lead on this. You just um, you just chill. Okay, I'm gonna have to axle punch you right away. Yeah, but let's start out with some uh, general news. Um, good thing that happened last week. LiveRC released some original content. I did see that. Uh, they released a new video called "It's It's New Really Better," where they had interviews of many people. For example, Thomas Strand and. Uh, Brent Delke, Cavalieri uh, was there, all of these guys. It was nice, uh, fresh thing to see. I think I, we kind of lost that, you know, back in the day, there was this, like every week, uh, Aaron Waldron released something. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, um, what was like it Like a Talk It Up Tuesday or yeah, something like that. Tuesday, and then, then they had all these kind of write-ups and stuff. And sometimes in videos. So it's kind of good to see they're going back to some of that. Did it you see RC that. Racing TV's reel about their survey, which was pretty funny? It was Nick and Frank. That was good, too. Was, that's what I mean. Back to my whole bunch of content being put out right now. Lot, yeah, lots of people are, well, seeing the value in RC content in general. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, like we, kind of like we talked about in the beginning, that there's lots of these RC YouTubers. I think, actually, it's kind of like a good uh, segue into this. Um, these two, like, Putting it together, you know, instead of LiveRC trying to do content of guys who maybe don't know how to do it or don't want to do it, why not LiveRC, you know, getting a, paying a guy like 50 bucks to make a video? video and it doesn't cost more than $50 to make a video. And they happen, so they happen to be at this, uh, at this event and did all the video for it so they could do these things as well. And they had Tyler Hooks there and Jay Concepts and all that type of stuff. And yeah, so that's the video that's, will pay for itself. Yeah. And it was a good yeah. video. But I, right. think, I think, like, in general, like, I think... Well, community- more companies are seeing the value of it, right? And more companies yeah. are... So, so, for instance, K- Katie Roxbury is uh, there for techno and for A-Main, right? When probably... When they, uh, when Troy can't be there for A-Main. And uh, Paul is there for J-Concepts now that Hannah's not there. And then they hire, like, last... Uh, SIC, they hired Luke Mahoney, Mahoney, who has ripped up films. He's from, like, the four... Uh, motocross full wheel motocross world and he has like his rip it up films has like a million plus subs and all this type of stuff so he was there he's a racer but he worked for j concepts the problem yeah. if the problem if this type because this is a disc all right so you know what we're gonna save this discussion for a later one because this is a great great segue into that but we'll save that for i love it one. i love it how let's, you uh, let's, like, oh, don't go don't go too long on this, and then you start it off. At no, time. because I had to catch myself. I had to catch myself. All right, lots of brand okay, off-brand Sanwa receivers released. You yeah, have heard, so, you know, this has been going on for a few years now. Weird concept as they offer are almost fifty percent cheaper than retail compared to Sanwa. Uh, yeah, Flysky has so, made some of these too. Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I saw this, but I don't really know how, like, how it works. Uh, it's 
for sure they aren't branding the, uh, buying them from Sandwar. So it's kind of some form of a Chinese uh, copying thing. But it's a it's a very interesting thing that's happened quite recently. You remember the MRT transponder with the clone, uh, clones of the AMD ones? That was kind of an old thing, but you know. It's made to work. I wonder if Sandler is looking for to, you know, block this thing, like somehow make the make the connection in a way that maybe. But Flysky's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I think what's happening is that like a lot of companies are starting to realize that hey, Flysky is coming out with a lot of really cheap receivers and yeah. cheap transmitters, and they need to compete because they don't have a monopoly on it anymore. Yeah, but it's weird because like a few brands that have like just this week released one was Rodok and then One Up. So to me, like they have nothing to do with receivers. I think they're just but they're, they're getting them. They're getting them out of China somewhere and yeah. in a big batch. Yeah. Let's say out of a thousand eight hundred mark properly, you know, maybe. <laughs> And then uh, they're selling them. Maybe not that much, but you get what I'm but saying. I assume, but I assume the quality is still good. Like, no, otherwise, I mean, I, I think for... I'd have to uh, hold one in my hand for it yeah, to be... I think for, like, electric racing and indoor small tracks where you ain't going too far away from your car and all that type of stuff, and they give the same response and whatnot, they're great. Um, would I trust one of them in my RC boat, which runs on gas and goes many hundreds of yards away from me? No. Yeah, it's interesting, but I, I I think it's a thing that we kind of have never talked about on the podcast. So I, when Cheap I saw receivers. these two being released, uh, it was interesting because it, it's it's relatively new to see them, you know, from official, you know, sellers. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can order them from Hobby King in China, but that's pretty much like you can order anything from AliExpress. You know, it's uh, that kind of thing. But in the Western market, it hasn't really existed before. Okay. Anything you want yeah. to add, Roach, before we move on? I think it's probably a good thing because a lot of people will look at it and say, hey, they're actually trying to bring down prices to compete with other companies like Flysky. Mm. Yeah. How much are one of these receivers then? Am I looking? Let's see. Let's see how much is the one up receiver. I think I, I, I can't come with exact okay. values, but off the top of my head from last I checked, I think Sanva is like 90 to 120 a piece. And then um, the Rodok ones was like, I'd like to say it was like really cheap, like 40, okay. but I think it was like around 40 to 60. So pretty much okay. 50% off, you know, mm. uh, of the price. Mm. Last I checked. So we, you have Hobby Wing release new stock ESC. Who put this on? Was this Roach or you? No, no, I put it down. Let me let me show you this. Oh my, you are going right. You have, look, Roach, he is converted completely to stock racing. No, no, no. It's it's not about it being stock, but just look at how freaking tiny that thing is. It's a very like, small boy right there. Yeah, like it, for, for those guys who are listening to this in audio, effectively, like if you have your old hobby wing speedo, the height of where the button is now is pretty much the height of the whole uh, speedo. Like the wires come up higher than the top mm-hmm. of the speedo. This think like, like the size of like a large receiver from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I think like the OG Futaba receivers were bigger than this. Obviously, it's probably heavier still because it's made of an aluminium. But dang, that's a small <laughs> speedo. That's a small was, boy right there. <laughs> yeah, and very low center of gravity. Because I remember when Corsica came out, th- that was like big thing over there. That it's a low center of gravity, 
Well, this one is on the next level of that. So I think when I saw this, I was like, wow. So um, it's interesting to see if other manufacturers have any chance to compete with Hobbywing, uh, especially with these type of stuff. Okay. But, it is very yeah. small. People will like that. Less weight in their car. That way they can move more late. Trinity releases the new slot machine too. Updated version is now available for the exchange in, uh, and if customers. So that's good. Trinity yeah. got on that and fixed that pretty good. Yeah, I think pretty the fast. main thing why I wanted to bring this up was because every single one who has the old one, remember to exchange your ones because it's been a while since they made that announcement. And uh, I think it's this good. This is your public also, service announcement. Yeah, this is your public service announcement that if you got uh, fucked over by the old slot machine and you know you got the faulty one, now is your time to get you a new one. And because it's go. good to good to hold uh, companies responsible for things. There we go. You ain't a slot machine user, are you, kid? You don't have any of the other slot machines. No, I ran mod because I'm a man. There you go. Really, <laughs> R1 works titanium nuts, Max. Did you? Do you? Are yeah, you well, out on titanium nuts. <laughs> well, you, I know you like nuts. Okay, you you're a nut man. You're gonna love so my nuts. You 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 officially love hanging on my nuts. Okay, so um, <laughs> I and my nuts they are made out of titanium. Okay, um, no, not in a serious note. Um, it was interesting to see this because. We've seen like aluminium ones, um, and by the way, Roach, I don't know which way you pronounce it, but that's the correct way. Um, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> there's a reason why we call it. Okay, so side tangent, the reason aluminium? why they called it aluminium is because that was one of the the original name was aluminum, but they switched it to aluminium. Americans never got that news. No. Okay. okay, the other okay, way okay. Around. I think I it's, believe it's around, but, but even Americans it write it aluminium, but they pronounce it aluminium. We write it aluminum. Really? I don't. Yes, I think do. just like how we write check, not a Q W E or not W E U E. Okay, 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 okay. Let's stop with this. We're not. Um, wasn't this the one girl who was like a grammar girl? I got. I saw a post about it. Josie. Josie, yeah, Josie Patterson, grandma. Yeah, shout out to her, so she could maybe correct us on this. But it's it's aluminium, that's for sure. Okay, but back to the <laughs> nuts. Um, you know, I think I just I'm just main, I, reason, I, main reason I brought this up because I've never seen this before. Because you've never seen titanium nuts. You've never seen titanium nuts. I haven't. I'm just I can't believe they you know, made I, news. No, but like, I, I do not know any manufacturer who offer this. I know aluminum ones. I know steel ones, colored and pink and whatever. But I've never seen uh, titanium ones. And I think titanium is good because they are actually much stronger than aluminum. And I've like, I've had those before and I, they just suck so bad. I kind of revert back. Can I get my, can I get that part of my life back, please? I don't know why you guys, have you guys, do you know any other manufacturer who offer this? I don't know any other manufacturer that offer these because I don't think of any other manufacturer that would have cared. No, but it's actually a big deal. Titanium is half the um, weight of steel. Each single nut in your car weighs one gram, and you just count the nuts and you save like at least ten grams. I get that part, but I just can't believe they made our news. Okay, we must yeah, be gentrifying. Made... That's what we're doing. Our podcast is gentrifying. 
Yeah, but like titanium nuts. I, I think I think you don't you don't see the value of this. Okay, it's innovation. That's the core message. It's You're reaching. All right, Pro Line releases sector line of body showers. What about these body showers? Has got you excited because this was a big discussion in the NNRC Discord. Well, if you want to join the NNRC Discord, there's a link for that in the written description of this podcast. Pro line, side line, sector line of bodies. Go ahead, Max. 90 seconds. Okay. Basically, why I put them here is Pro line, like every few years, releases a new line of bodies. They had the Elite, then they had the Axis, and now they have Sector. This is pretty much just the elite line again. So I don't know what the fuck they are doing at ProLine, but they for sure ain't innovating anything. So this is pretty much like a P1 and an elite body. And the tool drive looks like axis all put together. Not amused, guys. Not amused. So you're not happy about the, the bodies then? Yeah, I like. I'd expect the leading like uh, body manufacturer of like the one. They're not no longer the leading have... body manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, but I that would be say, Jake like, Concepts now. Jake yeah, yeah, Concepts, yeah, but Next. but the leading body man- manufacturer from like the early and uh, mid two thousand. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to reel you in a bit. Touring car manufacturers release three D printed bumpers. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't understand, Keenan. Okay, so the point of why I wanted to bring this up, oh my is, goodness, uh, you remember last podcast we talked about put this up, put the printing. picture up, put the picture up. The we the last seconds. podcast we talked about three uh, D printing becoming more of a thing in RC. Yes, uh, and I think this is kind of one of the first products that has been. Like, um, but this has been around for quite a long time. No, but you have seen this before. Manufac- no, but manufacturers haven't had this. It's oh, always okay. second, it's always second hand, it's always second hand. It's always, mm-hmm. you know, some one guy in a shed printing this and selling this to people. It's not a new in- innovation, but I think it's a good this basically means that X ray has a 3D printing machine in their factory that is <laughs> dedicated to printing for customers. More and than I one, think, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But I think they I have think, a whole wall of them. <laughs> I think it's a good thing to see that RC is developing into this way. Uh, especially you, you we saw the B7, you know, pro, uh, prototyping video. They effectively did everything in 3D printing. So I think this is a way to get RC manufacturers more serious about their innovation and stuff if they develop technologies for themselves that fit. Like, this could offer X-Ray to, you know, realize that, hey, actually, we could print this part from this, we could print this part from this, and instead of getting a new car once a year that has the wrong length socks every other year, wink, wink, associated, they could, you know, modified in a more quick timetable and test things out before they release the car. You know what? This uh, technology, that honeycomb technology that we were just looking at, they use that, uh, they make inserts for scale, like uh, crawlers and stuff like that. They make inserts out of that for them. I know, so they go yeah. inside the tires and, and uh, they don't get wet and, you know, well, obviously they get wet, but they dry out faster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I would I would give that. Uh, that was uh, that was better than titanium nuts. 
Okay. Here we go. So this, People are freaking this out about the, this. This is the grand finale of our news. And even though you didn't like the titanium nuts, I bet titanium nuts are almost as big of a deal as this. But this needs some explanation so people understand what's going on. So explain to everybody what we're looking at, please. We're looking at um, um, a new air filter released by uh, Ultimate Racing called the Air Max. Okay. Um, not an IQ shoe. Um, it's an air filter. By the way, I bet they're getting some lawsuits in their post. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know if, if Nike is that into that stuff, but I hope they aren't. Um, I think we're too yeah. small for them to care. No, no, no. Uh, actually, uh, Mao had a race called the Italian Job, and apparently Disney contacted him and said, you can't call it Italian Job anymore. Well, that's Disney. Lies. That's Disney. I don't I'm pretty... I, no you way. Need to, you, need to, you need to ask Mao, but he had to change his name because someone contacted him and said that you don't have the rights to his name. You need to ask Mo, but I'm pretty sure I heard it from him. Okay, and Italians never lie. Go ahead. Um, Finish off about the air filter. Back, back to the air filter. So this kind of air filter craze happened after, in Europe, we switched to the 12% nitro uh, fuel. And the big issue for many people was that, you know, there's a lack of power. Um, you didn't really notice the effect of the air filter with 25% nitro because you always had quite a bit, big amount of power. But when you had less power, you needed all the all the power and air and whatever you can get in the engine that it's possible. Uh, a lot of people started to use the Kyosho air filter. They tested it out, told their body, and then uh, lo and behold, almost everyone had been running a Kyosho air filter for the past few years. This is because the inlet side of the, um, what would you call it? The, I don't know what's the word for it, but the. Where, the, where it connects to the sponge? Yeah, what, what the, the hell is it called? That would be the. Um... Tube, tube neck, oh, neck of the air filter. So the neck of mm -hmm. the air filter, so the inlet side is considerably larger than the one that connects to the carburetor. Basically, what's happening here is you have uh, the Venturi effect. So the larger inlet and the smaller, you know, attachment to the Venturi uh, or the carburetor means that the air has to accelerate. So obviously through the air filter, the air is still at the same speed. The size of the air filter isn't drastically changed. But the fact that you have this Venturi type neck of the air filter speeds up the air going into the engine. Now, obviously, this means that more air flows into the uh, uh, like into the engine and to the compression and so on, which makes the kind of like a turbo, but obviously not not even close to as advanced, just a Venturi. Um, and with the 12% fuel, what this offers is you kind of gain back of the power that you had and it's more, much more noticeable because uh, especially on bottom end you don't have that much power and the engine is still you know quite rich in the bottom usually so this helps it to like lean it out a bit and you get more response from the throttle downside of it is obviously that you kind of lose a little bit of mileage and this mm -hmm. is just because obviously you have more power you use more fuel when you 
because you can you can always like um, put more fuel through the engine and you can make it make it have more power when you always then use more fuel yeah but that actually uh, makes sense like yeah. having the bigger hole up there more air coming through yeah uh, so air filters have kind of been the same for a long time yeah so uh one thing was that i remember i think it was like around 2017 or something like that um i we talked uh to um i think it was uh, a few french drivers maybe it was Igon, yannick Igon, and we was wondering why he had a tlr air filter on his car because tlr was the only one you know with the sort of very narrow neck uh, and uh, you know the small filter and he said he noticed a big gain in mileage. Then a few years after, we saw a lot of manufacturers kind of switch to that. Um, I'm pretty sure almost everyone has that type of filter. Yeah, I would agree. Show. I would and agree. And then, then now when we move back to 12%, we kind of realized that, oh, we need the power again instead of the mileage. So now we're moving to these big uh, Venturi effect ones. Innovation is um, an oval. Yeah, but I think I think it's an interesting concept. I the Mayako one um, has the standard, so I run the standard one, and I personally don't really need this one. Uh, Peko runs uh, has run the Kyosho one with twelve percent fuel, but I don't know. I kind of enjoy having a bit more mileage uh, on low grip. The twelve percent, in my opinion, has enough uh, enough power anyway. But yeah, it's an interesting uh, sort of thing to see. Uh, happen uh, because I think now this kind of prompts up more testing around this and absolutely like, uh, Maria Rossi said from Reds I think the carburetor is the part of the engine that still can be improved it's not like like the pistons and the you know porting and all this stuff like you can't do it that many ways and there are optimal ways of doing it they're all pretty much similar but I think the carburetor, the air intake, all this stuff, that's some unexplored territory in RC engines. I would agree. I would agree there. All right. All right. Good Good finish there, Max. Okay. Good finish. You went from titanium nuts. You finished off strong with that air filter. And uh, you, you, I tried, you, you know, when, you know when, I, when I was making the notes, I was like, let me put the titanium nuts first. But then I'm going to be just going to skip that. So I had to hide it in the middle, you know. <laughs> So we kind of get going, you know, yeah, hope a week speedo, look at that speedo. And then you look at it, titanium nuts, and you can't skip it, you know, if you already said it out loud. I'm going to axle plunge you now. But you know what, guys? Don't forget to do this. Sub, notif uh, hit that sub, notification, and like button. All righty, so we're going to go into some race uh, results. We're going to look at the Amiibo race and the uh, Motorama race, and they are brought to you by Corsa Tech USA. Corsa Tech USA is your one-stop shop for all things Corsa Tech in the United States of America. You can now purchase all the Corsa Tech range of products for nitro and electric-powered vehicles and accessories used by world, world and European champions David Ronafog and Robert Badier. Established in 2022, Corsa Tech was founded by Adrian Bartin, uh, three-time IFMAR world champion and in GP and Oscar Jansen for the electronic stuff. He's a five-time European champion in electric classes. Corsa Tech was made by racers for racers, all available in the USA now. You can find links for that in the written description of this podcast. Let us know. Let them know you heard about it from the No Name RC podcast. All right, Max. So moving on after the titanium nuts, I don't know how we're going to 
move on and top let's, that let's for start out. Let's start out with um, the get, get get this over with. There was a carpet race in New York. Cavalry won full drive. Cotman won full drive, and Cotman beat Horn in both classes. The race was held in Traction Action, Plainview, New York. Yes, I met I met the owners of Traction Action recently. Uh, and then the race you do want to talk about. Uh, did you want to add to any of that before we move on, Kate? You're being very quiet there. <laughs> no, well, Max is like dominating. He, yes, <laughs> man, talk <laughs> no. about 15 minutes about titanium nuts, and I'm still trying to get over that. <laughs> it was like more like that. 90 seconds. No. I no, timed I, you. I timed I'm, I'm you. timing <laughs> you too. I'm timing you too. Axel plunges on, in. in a plethora of exo plunges today. Okay. All right. Okay, so I had, that I had to... one talking point. I had one talking point about the, the new state off road. That can't be right. New York State Off Road Carpet Championships. Yeah. Good that North Northeast the racing is getting some long form of few pros. Yes, because they had two races yeah. one up there in the Northeast this weekend. And Motoroma got some love from the one eight guys. Cavalari been racing a lot. Kaufman been racing a lot. Kaufman was yeah. over in Dawn. And uh, I know at some point they they weren't sure what they were going to do this year, but I think after that victory at in Cleveland, I think it was where they got one. Of, I think it was Cleveland big carpet race. He has uh, rejuvenated his spirit. All right, yeah, Max. Tool drive again. So I think beating Horn and Cavalry, I, I bet those that's two good. can be Very considered good. pros. Like if you beat two pros, that's good. Like you're in good standing. Good, good job. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Good family too. Good family. Up next, Max, take us into it. Amiibo race. Timer, go on. Okay, so the thing has been that I've been kind of rushing these news. We had a lot of news. But Keenan absolutely does not want to talk about the Amiibo International 2024. I just want to talk about the drama. Yeah, you're like a gossip girl. Um, But basically, uh, this, hey, add one to the counter. this um, this is an event in Rotavice, uh, Czech Republic. Um, it's like a very old event. It, I think it's been going on for at least 15 years in Europe. Um, uh, and they do this thing, which apparently to both of you when we're talking before we starting recording, they do this thing which is famous from like GHI Cup, for example, that they have an on-road track and an off-road track. Uh, it's like a big sporting hall, so you can fit in both, and then you have two races ongoing at the same time. Um, I don't really know if they have mains going at the same time, but they do. They basically have two ongoing races, on-road and off-road. Um, a lot of top names went here. In on-road, you had Orlowski, Welker, Krapp, and uh, Pekko went there. And then in off-road, you had Neumann, Korbevik, Hartanen, Wittmar, Salaski, Bayer, Götze was there. Uh, pretty much the full X-ray team, except for, obviously, Bruno. And, uh, yeah, uh, should we move into results then? Do you have video of this track? Let's bring that up. Oh, uh, well, I'll it, bring I it up. Bring Hold it. on. It's better for me to bring it up, probably. Yeah. Over here. All right. I've been looking Red at RC while... was there. Nice. I've been looking yeah, at so... it while, um, while you've been talking. It looks like a really, at least for off-road, it looks like a kind of technical track. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we can start off with uh, off-road. Um, I don't know which video you brought up, Keenan, but 
uh, yeah, Red RC covered the whole event. They are like a longtime partner uh, of Mebo. So they they have been covering this event for a while. Not every year, but a lot of times. And yeah, they did really like full on coverage of this. Um, but yeah, the track, like uh, you said, um, Kate, it's really technical. I don't really like it. <laughs> I've never liked tracks like this because uh, it creates um, kind of incidents between drivers. It's really easy to hit the car in front because you can't really, you just have to hold your line and keep doing your rhythm. And if the car in front of you fucks up, you just hope you don't catch them. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the, at, at the same time, you kind of have this aspect of if you lead, you can't really push because it's so technical. You have to keep in your rhythm. So it's really easy to catch drivers too, because taking risks uh, can award you a lot uh in these type of tracks it's like an artificial but, rubber band i um, like it yeah i like yeah, it. yeah yeah but it's uh similar to eos carpet um and um yeah it, it was kind of a, for example yon and um and these guys they went here for eos and you know carpet practice because right now the eos season is not as long so uh these races become more popular but yeah, this is, I think we're watching A1 of a uh, four wheel drive. Um, and uh, Zalewski's leading right here. And he also ended up winning the event. Um, and uh, second was Bayer. So X ray took a one, two with Kobe in the third. Um, that was for four wheel drive uh, specifically. Yeah, four wheel drive uh, specifically. And I think. Um, Zalewski has kind of proved that he's more of a four-wheel drive guy. You know, he's the... I think he's had decent results now in two-wheel drive too, but four-wheel drive is he's like definite, you know, bread and butter. And he's been like this win, uh, finishing, I think, third it was at the EOS. Um, yeah, it's be, it'd be really interesting to see how he does at the Euros this year because they will be on carpet. Um, if he can have like a good result, become one of these uh, uh, pro guys. Uh, and when well. exactly are the Euros for 10 scale? Uh, the Euros are going to be in September uh, in Sweden. Uh, so I don't know exactly what the date was, but it was uh, uh, September uh, this year. Okay. okay. So on the other side of this was the touring car track, which I have bought up now, which we're looking at now. Uh, Orlowski won this, you said? Yeah, Orlowski yeah, Orlowski, I think TQ'd all around uh, 1A1 and A2. What would I be think... cool is if they had a champion of champions race. Like, you had to run this class and uh, one, your tr well, I would say this class and two-wheel drive buggy in off-road. Yeah, I think, I think, champions. yeah, I think that could be cool. At DHI Cup, there was a few drivers that ran both on-road and off-road. Feels like it would be here, really busy. Yeah, for example, they're beating here, one at the same time. I don't know. No, because they're sure they're sure to drive us down. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think during the mains, at least they don't run. I don't know if qualifiers they do, but um, yeah, they share a driver stand almost always at these type Wait, of events. So hang on, go back to the. Well, I'm gonna ask you to pause, like right when they show the off road track. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they do race, but this is I. I'm, it no, that, there are some people on the driver's stand on there. Uh, yeah. They're both at the same time. Okay. I think they do, but it basically is that they are going on top of each other. 
So I remember yeah, this. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah, I think I think this one year at the DHI Cup, uh, one Finnish guy was racing on road and off road, and it was kind of like as soon as he finished his A main in what's it, two wheel drive or four wheel drive, he just went on the other side of the driver's stand and started driving on road A main. So that, or maybe he was in the B main in on road. So that's why All right. we're so close together. But tell us, we want to know, we want to know, and the world wants to know, we want to know about the Una Hotman Martin Bayer drama. Give us a quick synopsis um, of that. Yeah, well, let me wrap up on road. So Orlowski still winning. I don't. I can't remember when was the last time someone beat Orlowski in on road. It was in twenty twenty three. That's that's what I know. Um, Rasaiski. Nice yeah. It looks so, really nice facility. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's kind of like a sport hall. So it's yeah, not it's not. It's not permanent. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh. So Worker uh, finished second behind Orlowski, and then Jan Ratajski. I don't know. I think Keenan, you met him at the... Yep, Tokyo. nice guy from Germany. Yeah, so he has, like, really surprised me as of late because he's been putting the fight up to these, like, pro on-road drivers. And I think it's interesting because he has a family. I believe he has a full-time job, you know, and he races RC. So it's interesting to see him doing so well. I don't really he also know. made the finals at the Worlds in Touring uh, yeah. Toskill. Yeah, so yeah. he's a really looking strong. Uh, then shout out to Pekko. He finished fourth here. And uh, one thing and that was interesting. Schumacher uh, having that, a prototype car. Yeah, so they they have now officially said that they are running a prototype and they was teasing it online. So I'm assuming... Um, a Schumacher on-road, uh, especially touring car that has been putting Orlowski in this winning streak is coming out rather shortly in the future. So it'd be interesting to see if they have made up something new and innovative to make them or make Orlowski so successful as of late. Okay, now, Keenan. Now we can move to tool drive mod, okay? And um, the, the interesting thing uh, about this, I think you should bring up A3 and you can actually... Uh, go up to the like the last minute of the race. Okay, you're ready. You're ready. Um, this is A2 uh, now. But kind of the drama started um, from A2. So uh, there was we Jonah. have... Yeah, we have um, Jona leading here in A2. He qualified second with Kobevic TQing. Uh, all of the tool drive mains were really chaotic. There was like five-car train or maybe even six-car train at times you know, at these two drive mains and it like people get pitting each other. Um, I don't know why the referee or they didn't really have any refereeing. They didn't give any penalties. So it kind of kept getting worse at each main and it kind of culminated in A3. But right now we're watching A2 where Yona is leading. It's I think a few laps to go to the end. Um, Yona goes a little bit um, uh, wide. Um, I think it's on the next lap. Jona goes a little bit wide on the right-hand side of the track right before the wall, and Bayer in second place um, pretty much takes him out. So Jona gets dropped uh, down to second. I think if you're watching this on video, you'll see it right now. Bayer hits him on the inside, um, gets Jona, gets by Jona, and uh, that puts Kobevic behind uh, in third really close. Uh, now we're going to get some more drama. Uh, let, it, let, it, let it play. We're going to have some more drama here. Um, uh, okay, so, okay, Keenan, Keenan, uh, scrolled it back a little, so we see it again. Basically just, 
Mayer shoots it up inside on the wall and uh, T-bones. Uh, Jona gets by. Luckily, Jona stays on his wheels. But I think this is what kind of screwed up the rest of that race for him. Um, Kovevic is in third. Uh, Jona gets on the inside of Bayer. Mm. Bayer kind of um, pushes him back. Uh, they tangle a little, and then Kovevic's come from the behind and hits Jona right back. This one you can actually rewind because that happens really fast. Rewind it and put that in slow motion. Yeah. So the first incident... Um, but you you gotta go forwards. This is yeah yeah. I'm just gonna put it in slow motion. Tranquilo. Yeah. So the first incident, to be honest, wasn't that big of a deal because yeah, you don't my... even suffer much. But I mean, it's a it's a proper T-bone really <laughs> from Bayer uh, uh, onto the wall if you look at that. But uh, luckily for Yona, at this point, nothing really happened. But I think the more interesting part is the next one. Here we have it again. So Yona goes a tiny bit wide. Bayer just shoots right up the inside. Um, he get he slows down the car, but it still catches Yona in the side. Uh, just basically shoots up to the side of Yona. It looked like he was trying to slow down a lot more on the top of that, or maybe it was just gravity. But it kind of, from my perspective, I look at it and I just think, oh, just racing incident. He but I think at this, gap. he shot for the yeah. gap that closed too <clears> soon, but. I guess at this level, it might not be as like acceptable. Yeah, to be honest, if I was an RD or a referee, I would say race incident. But I think, you know, kind of the reaction in A3 that we get from this, I think uh, then then that, that's where kind of the drama and all of that. So this is, was the first incident. And kind of Yona gets screwed over here in the next section. Um, I don't know. I think this is fair racing too. It's kind of like unlucky. And I think this is what I mean with technical tracks that we get. That uh, Jona goes to the inside of Bayer here on the right-hand side of the track. He gets side by side. Bayer kind of shoots back, uh, pushes Jona wide. And then Kobevi comes from behind and just rear ends yeah. Jona. And they both get screwed. That was, to me, that's like the consequence of these like really technical tight tracks. Because you, for for any party really, Yona and Bayer are racing hard, and in my opinion, here it's fair. Um, and then you know, Kovevi comes from behind, can't really do much. He's just keeping on his line, and um, you know, they he's just keeping collide. on his line, trying to push to you know make up positions, and then there's no way he can react to that. Yeah, yeah, because these two, like Yona and Bayer, are obviously going much more slowly, and this is kind of like the downside of this. But okay, can we now go to A3? And to preface this, um, let's actually look at what, why this became kind of a thing, at least online, what uh, brought the drama. So we have a Bayer's um, part of the interview um, uh, that he gave to Red RC. Um, and he says, it was an unfair game for me. Uh, uh, he's talking about A3, which we're going to look at shortly. And uh, he said, I was in second place. It was good for an overall win, but got taken out by Hart. And then a proper takeout, game over. And that's very unfair, especially when the driver has no regrets. I know it can happen to anyone, but when you go to the driver after they are okay with what they did, it's even more frustrating. Okay, mm -hmm. so I don't know about that part. I spoke with Jonah and he 
kind of didn't, didn't know what they meant by that. But uh, yeah, let's look at A3 and see what the stake was. As they what, say. Let's see what brought about such powerful words. Yeah, because I think when I saw that interview, I was like, oh, there must have been something crazy. And then looking at A2 and now seeing you got to... You gotta like go to the absolute end. I think it's the last minute when this happens again. Bring it a main like three. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Okay. Keenan has Ooh. it on the screen. Okay. It's so gonna be timestamp five oh six. Yeah. So we're right by. We're we're good. We're good. Uh. So it happens this lap. Um. You have it on slow motion. Yeah. We do. Okay. So, uh, put it on slow motion. Actually, it's not. <laughs> I lied. Okay, so it's gonna happen right right about now. So Kovic is leading. Uh, Bayer is uh, second. Bayer makes a slight mistake. Jona gets really close. Bayer goes wide in the corner. Jona goes to the inside, and they tangle uh, on the exit of the corner. Jona is right uh, a little bit uh, to the inside of Bayer, and uh, they end up tangling. Uh, kind of. Wheel to wheel, but Jonah is a slight bit behind. So with open wheel cars, you get the Bayer coming up. So, yeah, Jonah could have been a bit more careful here. But I think I, when I saw this video and then I like was thinking back to what Bayer said in that interview, I think it's quite, uh, quite a wee bit dramatic. Yeah, a little bit dramatic, I'd say. But... Yeah, I think he did the same thing that he that uh Barry did to him. Uh Yona, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much. Uh, Bayer, yeah, Bayer. Yeah, yeah. but Barry so did think, to hit him the wall. Yeah, yeah. So I think A2 and A3, like if you put them next to each other, it's like exactly the same incident. Like pretty much exactly the same incident. The other happened on the entry, the other happened on the exit. And one had incident, a worse um outcome, I guess you could say, because one of them ended up on their lid. Yeah, but actually this one Bayer dropped one position which obviously the overall meant a much bigger cost for him but yeah i think i i do think it's um quite you're wild. sticking up for yana you're sticking up for you i do i do he but i think him. he got back but, at him go you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but i think because i do think like what happened in in a3 like obviously i put yana more on the blame for this one. Uh, obviously, it's not like 50-50. And the first one, I don't think it was 50-50. But okay. I think I think the funny part about this is the you reaction. You might be a little biased, Mac Max. Just I might be it. a little. I might be a little biased, but I gotta be honest. Like when you read that interview and then you watch the videos, you gotta be like, okay, wow, <clears throat> a little bit of an. Uh, exaggeration on that oh and then he got racing he got raced right there basically when i say that i mean he got marshall mm. yeah. marshall flipped him back on his lid oh okay. <laughs> yeah but this was the big drama coming out of this event okay and, so it wasn't yeah. that big i thought like it was a blatant smash no it's, I, I think they were both yeah, yeah, lefty lefty i think this yeah. goes to show like the level of drama that happens at most european races compared to american yeah. races. <laughs> yeah, I think. like this I is think the too. hot thing in a european race this weekend and then a couple yeah. like last in 271 
we had Barry yelling and screaming at um yeah. uh, what's it called? <laughs> the, I'm the surprised he hasn't messaged me about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's crazy. Like the the reaction from Bayer, okay, like it was dramatic, but all he did was pretty much gave a, a little bit of an agitated interview to Red RC. Where Barry was literally shouting at the face of the <laughs> we need more Barry, more Barry, more yeah. Barry. All right. So, so this yeah. looks like a great event. The tracks look good. I like the on-road track. Uh I, I would like to see maybe in the pro class where you can be a master by a drive and having to do master of both, master of two. That would make this even oh, more yeah. exciting in my opinion. One day yeah. you do off-road, the other day you do on-road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. you have to compete in both. Would be yeah, great. Just to close the circle now uh, of this event. At the end of all this drama, it was your Neumann who won tool drive, not Kobevich, well not, not Bayer. Your Neumann who qualified, if I'm not wrong, like fourth or something. Uh, one, I think, A1, and then finished second in one main. And your Neumann is your winner with uh, Kobevich in second, winning A3 and finishing third in some main, and then Bayer with a one and three from A2. And um, did Ronafog go to this race? No, Ronafog did not go. Um, so, yeah, but one takeaways: Bayer was racing these guys. That what the good. hell? He's good. He's good, but he hasn't he hasn't been at this level for a while now. He dominated Florida Carpet Championship stock class, dude. Stock like, class. Like, this is, that that was kind of that was kind of like saying like that's this guy on everybody who thinks that stock racers were, that the mod guys can drop down and beat the stock racers in stock. Of course they can. Yeah, but I think I think like yeah, obviously Bear should win stock in America because he's like he's good enough to make mains sometimes. Yeah, you know well, he made main. Not... He was racing, and your yeah. boy took him out. Yeah, but I think that's that to me is impressive. Our driver. It's it's been a you know? while since Bear has been at the level to put a fight to someone like Kobe or Yona. Yuna's like that obviously... Finnish soldier guy who didn't want to die. <laughs> He's like the Simo Haiha. Simo Haiha, whatever his name is. All right. Halha, Halha. Well done. Mebo race over. No more no, geeking no, no. out. Well okay. done. We need to. We need to geek out about. Um, you need to. We need to. You know. You, you need to learn about the what you called the the curve of the drama. I don't know what you called in English. Um, well, but, I'm gonna um, axle plunge you right now. No, 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 no. Axle okay. plunge. I wanted you know to give a little get, bit like, of a cards like. The yellow card. All right, Max. There's in the yellow card. You got the yellow, yellow card. card. You got the black flag. Actually, you got the black flag. You got the. No, they're talking about a blue card, but they dropped it. Right. Um, yeah, okay. 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 Listen. So what? I want to kind of get your input on this because I was bummed not to see Orlowski and Pekko racing off road because they were dedicated to on road. So even though I think it's a great concept to having these two together, I'm still a little bit like, oh, why? Like, why? Like, why can't... Why if they're not going to both compete in it, right? Yeah. Mm. So I think, I think you know, it's a good concept. I like it. But I still think, you know, kind of wasting dry, <laughs> wasting drivers as well. I'm muting Just make it too much noise. Yeah. Um, and also, last podcast we talked about, you know, EOS having less races, what's going to happen to European racing. The upside of that is races like this Mebo Cup get more high level uh, high level uh, attenders again, because back in the day everyone was just running EOS and not going to anything else. But something else would take its place. 
yeah, so I do think it's actually it has an upside, as in this um, what you Look, call it kind of independent the, races becoming big again. We have the British GP coming up next month too. So yeah, MTGP, yeah, yeah. There, there's gonna be so many top guys. I think Cavalier's yeah. going. Uh, I don't know if Cavalier's going. going? Yeah, Cavalier's flying to the UK, and uh, I'm pretty big sure reason. Champlain's going too. I wouldn't but, uh, surprise if it's not good. We got Champion. two Americans going over to a European race. That's a car. Yeah, race. but it, it's it's in UK and they're Schumacher drivers. So it makes Let sense. us have That's it, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Where there we go. All right. Um, so great race. I do agree with you, Max, with probably EOS not having as many rounds. We'll start to see some of these races uh starting to pop up. At least the 10 skill guys seem to go and race each other more often than I would say the eight skill races do. That's coming up in my Hot and cold section. Up next, we have the big American race that happened this past weekend, which was Motorama. This race has been happening for quite some time. I do believe, so this event takes place. There's no Nitro, it's just electric, which I'm fine with, because I'll tell you, being indoors, Nitro isn't the best, especially when it gets dusty and smoky. <clears throat> but we do it. But they have, uh, I think they have like a Reno Cross going on. This is a big full-scale motocross, motor, motor event. So they have a lot of different genres of full-scale going on. They have a big RC over race. And uh, this race was uh, put on. It sold out immediately. Some people were scalping tickets to this. They did get a number of pro drivers. We had Ryan Lutz, Adam Drake, Mayfields, Heckard, Lee Setzer. Uh, let's see. Did I bring up uh, Mornhorst? And, Mornhorst. Uh, Setzer went there as well. Yeah. So it did have a, a, a plethora, not all the all top top guys, but had some fast guys there. Would have been good to see. Um, this would have been a good race race for Brandon Rose to attend, I think, as well. Yeah, but I think I think Texas to Pennsylvania is a bit of a trip. I mean, you could yeah, fly but over, be, but it can be done. Yeah. But yeah, one thing I want to add quickly, I believe this was the 46th annual uh, model. I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a 46th running of the RC event. Yeah, I think for RC, it's been going on for at least 10 years, or I don't know if it's been yeah. every year, but they have had it. The, lo- the, the oldest one I found was from 2011, but I bet it's been going on for before okay. that. But well, this is the just, big. Big, big yeah. northeast race. It's electric only. Scotty was there. Scotty was on a man. He's he was like two weeks in Germany, then over in New Zealand for two weeks, then this race. So he's been he's been hitting it hard. Uh, Toby Hansen of Forty Six RC and his son were doing the coverage. I have to give him kudos. It was better coverage. The best coverage I've seen at Motorama. Uh, uh, I thought he did a good job. I know how hard it is to do these. I wish he, we would have had that at uh, at Montpellier last week would have been great, but uh, Toby has he's top. Toby is like a racer who does the stream as well, so it's not something that he makes money off. He did get some help to do it, so it's like a hobby for him to do this. But he has gotten a lot better at it, and uh, I'm just happy to have it. I I tuned into Salty Joe was like, "Hey, dude, you got to go watch those A3s." So I, I watched a little bit live, but not all of it. So I watched all the A finals between E Truggy and. Truggy, sorry, e Truggy and Buggy between the pro guys. So that's a Hackard and and uh, Ryan Lutz had some great battles in the A3 of Truggy. Like Spencer pulled off this move. I don't know how he did it. Mayfield won Truggy. And then uh, 
Lots one buggy. It was uh, it was a great event. I think we have a two of that race on her. So let's put that up there. Maybe we'll get to see that move that uh, Spencer Hacker made. But uh, well done, facility. Like I thought this was a good track. I think the track was yeah. good. It was big. It had lots of big, I would say, e-buggy early type jumps because some of them were huge. They were huge, man. Like you had to. Uh, like they this, were large and precise too. You needed to yes, be very... they were precise. Good, good word, yeah. Roach. Yeah, I think one thing I want to say. I think it's cool to see an e electric only event because you know, even though Nitro is the glory, I've been kind of like little by little acknowledging that you know, electric is still the future. Of our it is. like it, it's going to be electric uh, for most of these events, and perhaps in maybe like uh, ten years or something, uh, e buggy is going to be more prestigious than nitro buggy. For I would kick drivers. you off this podcast, you blasphemous sight, you blasphemy, Nobody. blasphemy, Nobody. go over into the corner and flagellate right you know, now. They they hated Jesus because he spoke the truth, you know. Go over the corner and flagellate and repent your blasphemous sayings that you said on this podcast. You should be ashamed of yourself. No, but let's I be think, honest here. I think. Blasphemy. I mean, Max is kind of right. Am I going to have to kick you off too? Listen, all right. So, eBuggy may be more prestigious to win, but Nitro will always be more viewed because of the sound. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Nitro will always be the most prestigious to win because it's just going to be less and less people doing it. And it's going to mean it's going to be, it's going to, these, I mean, less look, and less people doing it means less it's going to make it more prestigious. No, we don't want that. We want more people doing it. Is, is gas? I was wrong. You guys are bringing, you, no. Um, Max, when you say such blasphemous things, it, it really gets me worried. Uh, but no. I will say this, that it is the, I think, having this electric, uh, this, I mean, just look at this track. Look at that jump, how big that jump is. No nitro car will be able to do that. Right in the and middle each, of that little double there, too. Yeah, and everybody's landing precisely there. The jump on the front straight away. This is a big track. Look how big it is. These cars are flying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the track's really cool. I like the fact that it's kind of like, well, it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. That, that one right there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was wild. Man was upside down for like yeah. half of that's, that. Uh, oh, this is chugging? On. I didn't realize it was chugging until I saw that uh, you posted. Dude. Let's slow that down. That's a buggy just, only move right there. Yeah, that, that, yeah exactly. That's a buggy And they're only both move. Straight Lutz gets wild. And then... uh. They, they they hit this and then his car just goes. Wow. Yeah, I wow. thought that was awesome. I I I did I made a video wow. of that. <laughs> you know, like that was one of those. Uh, like you could see, okay, like Mayfield's like fucked it up. Blood just goes full send, and then Mayfield lands right in front of him sideways. <laughs> That's Hacker. That's Hacker. Oh, sorry, sorry, Hacker. Yeah, and he yeah, pulled I that was... off. His car was completely inverted. Look, inverted. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled it off. That's actually not that difficult to do. Like pull it back off. But I oh, think okay. the more funny part is the way that he lands. Yeah, right okay. I, 
Okay. I've done that by accident. I do that. <laughs> I do that all the time. Says Max. No, no, no. But that that's like when the car is upside down. Like it's really easy to bring it back because you just hold it like full full power, and then you just like turn to the side and it's like closer. So it's actually not that difficult as it looks, and it kind of happens by accident too. Like it's kind of an right. instinct thing. So let's look at some of the results. They had uh, four-wheel drive short course, which is pretty cool. Uh, Andrew Landis, Bobby Duncan, Steve Geist won that. Uh, let's go just go through buggy expert triple A finals. Ryan Lutz, Ryan Mayfield, Spencer Hackert, Ethan Mechanic. That's a good good four for him. Yeah. Joe Bornhorst, yeah. Joey Burdon, Adam Drake. He Satzer didn't have a good one. He's on in 10th. Uh, uh, all right. That was E buggy. Let's have a look at E Truggy. E Truggy, which was Ryan Mayfield, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, Mayfield one, one Hecker two, Lutz three, Greg Harmer four, Adam Drake five, Lee Setzer six. I've met Greg Harmer. See, I, I meet so many people. I don't I've know. Who is this He's... guy? I've, ne- I've heard of Mechanic. I've no, no, I met him. Harmer, I know who he is. I know who he is. I met him at Wicked Weekend. Okay, I believe that's who it is. I, 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 I think he's a techno driver. Okay. All right, I think this. I think this is. I think this is an event I want to go to. So I did see something else. Here. I do believe that a man was her, and I or a or probably Katie was no because Jarrett wasn't there. Uh, a man was there, and I believe uh, Horizon was there, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Horizon, I believe, had like five T's going around the around the. Uh, <clears throat> arena cross track and then they had a plane following them around so i, I haven't talked to anybody here but i'm hoping i'm guessing horizon kind of bought, set up a try me you know this type of stuff all this type of stuff that needs to go along with this type of event yeah. i saw some video where there were people in the stands as well and people watching so that's always a good thing um yeah i think nitro would attract more people noise pit stops all that type of stuff but good event, good in front of people, uh, good for this Northeast. Great to see a lot more pro guys attending this. And, yeah, it's a race I'd like to go to, I think. And it's yeah. a, it's electric only, but I can deal with that. I can dig it. Yeah. A few things I kind of... Um, what about Cade? Let's let Cade talk about it. I mean, from okay. what I, I mean, from what I can see, the tra- like you said, the track is effing huge. And I think this is one of those cases where Truggy seems to be better suited for a track like this. And I know that's going to make Max very angry. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're right, but... I'm right. That's no. all I need to hear. Yeah, there, still, Jesus, still no. <laughs> there you go. We can stop this podcast right now. Max said you're right. Um, What about Lutz, man? Lutz coming off some good performances. Yeah, that's another thing I want to talk about. Lutz doing well made me very happy because the first time I actually met Lutz, I tried to do an interview with him, but all the footage I had of it got corrupted. And I talked to him. I was like, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't do this. I'm like, he's like, yeah, okay, don't worry about it. And that was it. You should ask him for another interview. I will. Yeah. Eventually, I, th- I thought he was going to end with that. That he but look at this. But, but I thought just yeah. I, but look at it. He 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 he. Let's take lots. Let's let's take lots. Three four years ago, we had lots out of RC. Right? He was he almost, did he did almost. yeah he did the Agama thing. He went to WRC. 
there's that some shakiness with WRC. Yeah, they had interviews too. I'm not sure who this lady was doing, doing the interviews, but it was good to see. Uh, it seems like people enjoyed this race. E- e- electric, just easy. Not got to tune engines, not got to be all dusty and smoky. I get it. Uh, it's more accessible. Yes. Uh, gateway. Gateway to getting into RC. I'm not disputing that. But eventually, hopefully, they get into Nitro. Even you, young Cade. Uh, I tried Nitro. It wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for Nitro. I'll say that. I will say also this, though. I did finish my one Nitro race, so I have a 100% hit rate. There you go. There you go. This, um, I thought that this, this, uh, just a great event, like a good event. Good for building up. The track was good. I really like the big jumps. Like, you know what I mean? That's where you can say, okay, this was a pure electric, electric travel track because it had to, for the, for that track, it had to be styled. Nitro wouldn't have been able to do those jumps. Yeah. Um, well, uh, especially the big triple going into a, the, what's this called? That yeah. double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you'd have a different line. Like you could done the jumps, but just yeah, you wouldn't have to jump that whole thing. You would double yeah. and then double out of there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but we need to. We need more of this type of stuff, right? Getting RC in front of people. Uh. All that type of stuff. Lots. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Lots. AKA tires. Anyone still really running AKA tires with success in RC? They made right? a tire after him, didn't they? It was the Lux. No, it's called the. Uh, it might have been after him, but it was oh, yeah, the Lux it was kind of like Lux, Lux, L U X, yeah, yeah. So think about that. Still out there, doing well with that. I mean, Lux was out of out of RC, back of Kyosho, rejuvenated his career over the last two years, going to his third year, rejuvenated Kyosho in America. So far, got little bump on board. You've seen a lot more Kyoshos at. Local tracks at local races at national races with our regional guys. Yeah, Kyosho is coming back. I don't. I, I, Kyosho is coming back, as, and HB's kind of just eating glue in the corner. Oh, yeah. See? I think I think a lot of these guys from HB are kind of not going to Kyosho. Sparkle and Sparks. Yeah, yeah. That's where they go. Sparkle and Sparks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. But I think. Yeah, Sparker and S-Works are kind of like the hot thing right now, like the new cool thing. Kyosho is kind of like those guys who still love the nostalgia of Kyosho, but kind of like are over the Kyosho decline, you know? I've been like, okay, it's it's back, you know? But, but one thing interesting about Lutz is nobody really knows how good AK tires are. Because he's the only one who runs them. So you can't really, like, it could be that this track really suited AK tires. Because it was interesting. Lux was really competitive. He TQ'd two out of four rounds in e-buggy. Was he won A1 like, and A2, too. And yeah, he would have won A3 as, if he just didn't pull off. Yeah, well, he yeah, had but, his camera yeah. on in A3. He let, yeah, just but, out. yeah, but basically, like, A1, A2 victory means, like, yeah, he, he freaking dominated he didn't you know, all against Mayfield. Yeah. Against Mayfield, yeah. You know, this this wasn't like Mayfield. <laughs> We're talking about Mayfield. Mayfield yeah. with a techno on a huge track, mm-hmm. and Lutz beat him with the kill show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. And and Lutz went to New Zealand. Really dominant performance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really have that good of SIC, but he had top I, five. 
Yeah, yeah, but like not not like this, you know, not like beating. No, races. but still, that's where he's been in a top five position mostly at most of his races. Yeah, best. yeah. I think I think beating Mayfield is still better than finishing top five at this race, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh let's wrap up Motorama. Congratulations to everybody there. Congratulations, Toby Hansen, Scotty Ernst, everybody. It, it was it looked like a great event. Keep up the good work, Toby. Keep up the good work. Uh I think we see a lot more pro drivers attending this race next year. Electric only. Yeah. A few things I had put on my Yeah, a few things I had put on my notes. Uh first I didn't even realize this, but Joe Bornhorst went to this event. He had a Mm -hmm. real quiet weekend. And I kind of wanted to discuss this, like what is his position now in RC? Because you have Hackard in the techno team, you have Van Dalen with solid results. Uh, you have Mayfield, obviously. Yeah, but Bornhorst isn't a techno. It's S-Works. Yeah, he's, oh, S- he's S-Works. Yeah, but then what, again, so is Brandon Rose. Yeah. But that same Any, question can be asked point, about S-Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- point, point still stands. You have uh, Fullers. You have... Um, oh, yeah, the Fullers uh, as well. Uh, Rose. You know what I think? <clears throat> I think that Bornhorst is pretty in with S-Works. I, I would not be surprised to see Bornhorst eventually become a team manager slash racer to an extent of S-Works. Okay. At some point. He's getting yeah, up in well, older. He's about to have a, a son. Uh, well, sorry, he's about to have a child as well, if I remember correctly. He's getting older. He's maturing. Uh, and he might want to look for a future in RC. And I think that's something that he can do because... Tim Lime has a full-time job, and uh, Bornhorst would be one of those team managers that knows everything about these cars, how to set them up, all that type of stuff, and help people out like that. And he, and he will still be able to go race one. Maybe he doesn't race all those type of classes. This is just me outwardly thinking. This is what I would be thinking, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, and, uh, that depends on whether or not he wants, happen. That depends on whether or not he wants to get. Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, if he wants absolutely. to stay in RC for a long period of time, because. It's just not as lucrative. No, no, it isn't. That's and we're going to talk about that here shortly. Yeah. All right. I, so, I, think, I think that was that was kind of what I was kind of hinting at with my mm-hmm. uh, question because for sure last year he said I believe he was having some yeah he was contemplating retirement. Issues. I heard he was contemplating yeah, retirement. Yeah, but I, I heard like he had he had to miss a few races because of health issues, and then mm-hmm. he didn't race much. And when he raced, the results weren't that good. The first year of S works was really fast. Yeah, but he's work, he's also been like working very hard. He's doing a lot of ten skill stuff. He's doing the eight yeah. skill stuff. I mean, he, he I was think, just over dawn. Yeah. So, exactly. I think he's. I hope he's looking long term. If because yeah, I, I think that would be his future, right? Uh, amateur. Uh, yeah. I think the fact that he went to dawn because as a racer, that trip makes no sense. I like. Why would Eswork send out an eight scale racer to a ten scale? Well, he's doing a lot of ten scale over in America. Yeah, but he's not yeah. their he's not even their best ten scale racer. Yeah, but America. he's one of their main ones in America. Yeah, he is their main. I'm, he's the most visible. Yeah, yes. but not just because he's really let's tall. My, let's let's come to my. Yeah, but point. he's the main ten scale racer in America for Eswork. Yeah, but come he's on, why would why would Eswork? Because he's still the main one. That's no, why. But I get what you're trying him. to say. He they came over there to let me you know, let me see. Yeah. Okay, S Works is based in Austria. Down is in Austria. Obviously, there was something more about it. It was getting 
you know, Could have been. more involved with S Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. Like think like if you're a team manager, what do you gain from sending Joe Bornhorst to an EOS? I Is get this, what you're this saying. Guy, this guy has probably never raced on carpet, let alone maybe EOS like carpet. a Maybe like how Mitra Wittemeyer is over there. That's what his future might be, something like that. But more, yeah, more. Exactly. I get what you're saying. He probably went over there, had meetings, had exactly. dinner, all that type of stuff. I get it. I get it. I wouldn't, you got know. Got to know the people, got to know the culture. Exactly. You know, make plans for the future, get more involved with the brand. And He'd be I a think, smart person to do that. Yeah. Very I smart. think kind of this recent, you know, few months, to me, has pointed to that direction. Because the results aren't the way of, you know, him keeping in RC, but he still goes to places like he's going to stay in RC. So I think I, I would agree with you. it's kind of like spot on. And I, I would be, I would be expecting some kind of announcement too. Like, cause it's definitely looking like it. Decent spots. All right. Are we, are we done? Are we okay with Motorama now? Good race. Everybody agrees. It was a good race. Good coverage. Um, Decent yeah. stuff. Good racing. Good Shout stuff. Out to Very good racing. Hacker's been looking strong since he moved to Techno. Well, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. All right. Uh, upcoming races we have this week. Oh, also a race that happened this past weekend that we... So I, I just want to touch on these races because I, I was saying this to Rich before he came on. The amount of coverage at races. So while this was going on, uh, I got coverage. Tico Tico race was going on in Costa Rica. I think like Cole Ogden and a couple of guys went on there. They didn't have any coverage. But I did talk to the guys that put it on. It looked great. But they had good coverage over from a regional race or a national race at Andalusia in Spain. The coverage was great. It's that track with like that blue carpet and stuff like that. And it has like a, a penalty box on the side. Mm-hmm. The coverage was great. It was in Spanish, but it was great coverage, right? Uh, there was a lot of racing going on this past weekend. Like uh, Revelation was full. Like Santa Barbara had people. It like over in the, on the south in the there was racing in Florida there was racing where you was at Loganville there was racing up two races up in the northeast there was racing in the midwest there was a lot of racing going on this past weekend all right uh but coming I wanna, up this I I have a thing about the Spanish coverage and white scrape so uh just to you know give hints to other federations around the world that coverage is because of the Spanish federation coverage. Yeah. Yes. So they have, they have made this long-term, uh, I think it's called commitment. I, I'm not wrong. It's ICAR, the federation. So they have made this long-term commitment to in, improving, you know, the visibility of RC. And uh, they have, you know, I don't know if it's like a full-time deal or what thing, but they have an actual like real professional filming crew that, that goes to these races and does uh, some coverage in Spanish, obviously. And, and Italy has the same thing, actually. Who has? Italy. Italy, yeah, but they they actually use um, uh, an RC brand. Uh, oh, they're really good. They are really good, yeah, no doubt. But it's uh, the, it's the same um, company that does coverage for a lot of other Italian races, like the Red GP, the Italian race, all this stuff. They have their own, you know, backgrounds and everything. Uh, what you call it? The HUD. I don't know what the word for it, but well, in Southern Europe, there has been a big, big um, push for more coverage. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think they're, I think they're going to be more dedicated to making more RC more visible than mm-hmm. a lot of what we've done here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, but yeah, but I think 
the the why this happens is because it's from federation so it's mm -hmm. not necessarily for profit it's not done uh, it's not you know, third party yeah it's not third party because for like that's why a lot of this stuff died out red rc stopped going to races neobuggy just completely went away live rc stopped going to a lot of races because they mm -hmm. was like looking at the numbers yeah we're not making that much money we get more money by doing this and because there's no federations there's no like guidelines for this they can just decide to go away and this is a big issue about doing a third party and i think that's what's good about efra and that's what's good about federations in general absolutely when it's in euros we know that there's going to be coverage because efra pays for it and mm -hmm. when it's spanish national they have handled it italian national and i think that's something that you know especially in america but in general rc hasn't understood well enough that's well it's starting to in america but it's more of the race promoter that's the that's the yeah. federation yeah they are deciding that the coverage is an important part of their race promotion for their races to, to promote it more and they're also able to get a a very decent like i'm talking about for the southeast with us, they're able to get a decent product for a very good rate compared to what it used to be, yeah. what it used to cost. So uh, that has also helped, and it has it's it's become kind of mandatory. What did we used to What did we used to talk about all the time on the podcast? We need better coverage. We need better coverage. Obviously, Montpellier did not listen to us, but uh, other races yeah, right. around the world have been listening, and the coverage is upping. And the, each each it's many different live stream programs that are popping up. Like we had Toby, you, you had Toby at the Northeast at the middle Roma. You had uh, this weekend, you have Danny and elite and we guys at what well, at FRCC, you have mod, you have, um, you have uh, live RC, obviously. And then in Europe, you have individual, like even the, I believe the UK Federation has a team at themselves yeah. now that does it. Yeah. Portugal, yeah, the guys I, I work with in Portugal are there for the nationals and all that stuff. They're doing it on their own. So with the federations, like, it makes it a little easier. Buy the equipment, stuff like that too. I feel like one of these companies should also probably open up a Twitch account as well. You know, why don't you use the stream to Twitch too? The, everybody keeps telling me to to stream this to Twitch too, but uh, Streamyard doesn't have a Twitch option. I would. Uh, I'll maybe well, have to do it through OBS or something. I don't. You'd have to do it through OBS, but I. The reason why I say that is because Twitch. For example, if you stream on YouTube, like it, the last um, Worlds for Ten Skill had like what, like five thousand viewers or something like that at one point, mm -hmm. or more. Um, on YouTube, that wasn't as many, at least in terms of YouTube. But on Twitch, mm -hmm. people would be looking at it and go, or a lot of gamers would look at it and go, "Well, what's this?" Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people would start to phone in, like, "Hey, what's this going on?" That's getting a lot of views from a bunch of random people who I've never seen before. You know what? I'm going to tell Danny to do that. That's a good idea. We're going to start streaming this Twitch. There we go. I, I don't know if I want Twitch chat to be part of RC. It's, 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 it, well, <laughs> they are interactive. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Upcoming races. Upcoming races is what to you by side. One of you, Morgan, few has been collaborating with many of the world's top drivers over the last 35 years and has enabled us to test our fuels in many of the most challenging situations and take the development of competition fuels to the next level. 
The result is Side One, the market's most powerful racing fuel. This fuel is track tested and proven by many national and world champions, such as Ryan Cavallari, Ryan Mayfield, Greg Degani, Mark Navitas, and many more. Their top driver, the young Little Bump. These drivers appreciate that Sidewinder is blended perfectly for the high performance needs of competitive racing. Don't let victory slip through your fingers. Purchase Sidewinder today. Uh, hit me up if you want to get some Sidewinder. I will put you in contact and find out where your nearest Sidewinder dealer is. All right. Coming up this weekend, one of the big races to watch is the FTC race at the Nitro Compound at the New Westgar. Just put in a new layout there. Big track. Tony Schumacher's track, February 23rd to 24th, 25th. Mayfield and those guys are going out there. It's an Arizona race. We will have coverage from MOD. So I look forward to that. We'll post all links to that on the podcast page. Of course, we have the FRCC Florida RC Championships round two at Sundancers. This is a race I really wanted to go to. So Sundancers has that red, 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 super red clay. And it's literally out in the middle of nowhere, too. It has alligators and tigers and lions. Oh, my. Around it, so you know who won't be going out at nighttime to drop a pee in the bushes. That would be me. Uh, and then obviously, the next big race coming up after that is the Dark Nitro Challenge, March 13th to 17th. Uh, <clears throat> that is going to be huge. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, then, uh, International Buggy Challenge that's in Barcelona, where I'll be going, Psycho Nitro Blast. Then we have the 8-scale e-buggy World Cup, where I'll be a part of. 10-scale nationals at Beach RC, North Georgia shootout. The following weekend, I do have an FRCC run and Mills in between that. Asian Buggy Championships run two in Philippines, April 18th to 21st. I think that's the same weekend as the nationals. Uh, we have the nationals coming up in June. Silver State, lots of, dude, there is a lot of, there's races I'm missing, I know this. But there is a lot of racing coming up over the next few months. It's like nonstop. Nonstop. Absolutely. This Nobody will, has nothing to say about it. This will go into what we have going on later with the hot and cold section as well. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Good stuff. Well, anything else to add before we go into our main topic of today? And that is about having a career in RC. Not necessarily a professional career as a professional racer, but just a career period. Anything you guys want to add before I bring you, we get into this new section. In regards to the next section or just in general? Just in general, before I hit this ad, but you my no. Techno RC. You can hit the ad. Well, thank you. And thank you, Techno RC, for all your continued support. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship winning manufacturer of high performance, A scale, 10 scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe-based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. And thank you to Techno RC for all their continued support. Congratulations on Ryan to Ryan Mayfield winning Motorama this past weekend in e Druggy. So, topic of today that we're going to have a discussion about was brought up by Max in our chat. So, you know what? We're going to let him lead the way, and then we'll get into this discussion. I came up with this topic um, as us three all of kind of all in some sense work in the RC scene. Um, Keenan in a different way, 
me in a different way and, and Katie in his own way. But we all kind of have somewhat of experience of working in the scene. And I think people have, um, I don't want to say misguided, but um, not so um, knowledgeable, uh, you know, um, insights on what it is to be working in the scene. And also like the pro drivers and uh, this kind of team manager roles, what is there in RC in general to do and why, as Joseph has said many times before, why don't we have that much professionalism in RC? Things like that uh, kind of all revolve around this topic and why I think it's really interesting. But I think for us to start off, I think the best way to, you know, kick it off is to, you know, talk about the ways uh, or the... Okay. Yeah, ways to getting in into so work. I think most RC. people are gonna think professional RC car driver, right? Uh, yeah, that's what we we all kind of get started out with, and you know, at some point we've had that illusion. Max, you've had it. I've had it. Gabe, I don't know if you've had it. Yes, I have. Right, where you're just like, hey, I'm I'm pretty good, right? You know, I can do this, and I can do this for a living. Well, that quickly gets squashed in your brain, and you realize that. There are very, very fast guys out there who are, you're just never going to be as fast as them. Like, that is the hard, doggone truth. Like, you can be the fastest guy at your track, but that guy's going to come there and just waffle stomp you, right? You might beat him once in a while, but, you know, he's going to waffle stomp you. So that is a very, very slim percent. That's like a 1% of people that get the chance to do that. No, it's less. It's less. I would <laughs> say it's less than. I'm being generous. Percent uh, of the percent. Yeah. Yeah percent of a percent and that's coming from my my point of view as a person who looks on rc as a, a worldwide thing max you've traveled quite a lot i mean you probably have narrowed down a bit because you're just in finland and kid you're you're in america which is the biggest market you're a local racer you're a content creator you do travel to some of the bigger races in itself if you haven't been over to none of the bigger west coast races which you have to go as well then you'll see a whole different level of speed as well <clears throat> so then it then that person then decides that we're going to open up a hobby shop or we're going to do this. Or I'm going to have this pay for my, I'm going to have my hobby pay for itself. Right. So they want to sell things and do this, or they come up with a product and idea that they think they're going to make a lot of money. It's going to pay for their RC racing. And generally it does to an extent, but it's a lot of work. Right. So I think Get, having a career in RC is a very difficult thing. Uh, it's This is a conversation that myself and Danny have a lot when we're driving home from some of these races because Danny, uh, Danny may dabble in some out-of-RC type of work, like taking pictures, taking some video, stuff like that. And he'll be like, Keenan, you make so much more money do, working three, four hours doing that, and they pay you Right off the bat, like there's no ifs, ands, or it. They pay you. You make so much more money doing that than you could do in anything in RC. Uh, another great example of that would be probably like Hannah Hardson, right? She got into RC, became a photographer. I believe she learned photography in RC because taking RC pictures is very hard, right? Uh, especially in indoor races with low light. And people like Danny Paz are really good at that. He's good at doing that with the least amount of equipment. She learned that. 
she 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 learns a lot about social media, all that type of stuff. And now she's doing her own thing because it's way more money outside of RC than that. Uh, I think nowadays what is becoming really a possible way to do things in RC. It's like anything. It's who you know and what you do. I'm a person that works full-time in RC. How did I become a full-time uh, employed RC person? Well, I'm JQ and I started with the JQ manager thing. Now I have the podcast. Uh, I do other things like race calling, stuff like that, whatever, you know, took a while, been doing this for seven years and trust me, it's not paying all my bills and I don't get everything for free. You know, uh, I do get some free stuff now and then, but it's a very hard living, right? I always say this all the time. If I was doing this in another industry, it would make way more money, right? If we was doing this, think about it. If he's doing this in an industry that had to deal with, I don't know, action figures, and action figures isn't that big, but it's bigger than RC. Always doing it in some other sport, right? And we would make we're doing it in gaming. We'd be making bank. Uh, we'd be making bank. We'd be three idiots talking about gaming and how cool it is. And you know, we'd have we'd have a customer base of. It wouldn't be about hey, help us get to five thousand subs. It'd be like hey, we're trying to get to five hundred thousand or you know one million. I think. Uh but in saying that, there are certain things that can be done in RC that people can do because it's a wide open world at the same time. I think RC is very much far behind in a lot of things that it's doing, social media wise. <clears throat> but we're starting to see more companies take advantage of social media. And they have somebody that's dedicated to that because it takes somebody with imagination, with the skills to do quick edits. Uh, or things to plan out your social media and do it right. What's going to be, uh, what's going to grab attention? Uh, we see A-Main has, that, they have a few people on the, the title, the their roster for social media. Um, I think Brent with B2RC, his, he's got like Chase who helps him out. He, who does social media as well. Racecraft's, Racecraft's, always, been great. Racecraft's always great with social media. He has a producer to help him with his podcast, stuff like that. So we're starting to see where these type of jobs, where, where these companies are starting to, to take social media a little bit more serious, they're spending some money on it st- and things like that. Um, yeah, there's opportunities for people like that, but the, the problem will always be they'll get into it and then they'll be like, well, it's more money elsewhere, right? Like, it's a lot of work for very little return. Um, yeah, I think I think a good way. One thing that I had in my notes was kind of passion versus money. Mm-hmm. Like, passion. if I didn't really, really love RC, I would not be spending the time that I'm doing now to doing this. I'd much rather, you know, do something else if I really didn't love this. You know, so that's kind of thing that I do feel a passion for the sport itself and why I'm willing to, you know, do things for free. Like, for example, I'm, you know, working for the National Federation, which obviously doesn't pay anything. And I'm, you know, doing many things, helping many things around the industry for no pay, uh, essentially. And that's just uh, as a passion. And I think where we kind of differ is I have, you know, drawn the lines of like, RC is a hobby of mine and all the work I do for it 
is kind of either if I happen to get money from from it, it's like just a little bit of extra income. But most of the times it's doing it kind of for fun and doing it, you know, for on top of just having a hobby. And I think, you know, that's where the interesting aspect between us is kind of we're doing the same things, but you're doing it at a very much deeper level. And I think that's where you face these, you know, questions much more. Because for me, I'm still, you know, I, I've, I've been still going to a regular job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at school currently, but obviously, you know, I'm going to graduate with a degree of engineering and I don't really have any plans of going to work for an RC company as an engineer, even though it would be cool. I do understand. Yeah, but you make that. more money somewhere else, right? Yeah. Absolutely like make the, more money somewhere yeah, else. It, it's, no, it's no surprise that any team associated engineer like DJ Eller or the guys uh, before them by Cody Newman, all these guys, they do it for a few years, but mm-hmm. When they don't have like the passion or whatever in it anymore, it's like you can easily double your salary just by going to work somewhere else. Absolutely, absolutely. For me, uh, there you well, go, okay. And I was just about to say you. Yeah. Well, for me, like you said before, it sort of became a um, a way to pay for itself. That's how I saw it initially, because I loved how I loved RC, and I wanted to share that with people, and. Like I said, like you said before, at first it was just like a little bit of extra income, but eventually it was all about who I knew and what, you know, what I was able to get out of it. But I know, like you said in the last um, podcast that we were in, if I was doing it in like gaming, which is what my previous passion was, well, it's hit or miss whether or not it would have taken off. But I, if it did, I'd be much, well, I'd be making a lot more money. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, but the thing is, it's all down to what you really want to do. If you really love RC, no amount of having to do stuff for free or not getting enough paid or even just random stuff in the hobby that may irritate you. None of that's going to stop you from doing it because you really love it. Yes, absolutely. And passion is a big thing, right? So I, I'm still... Like I told you, I hate doing notes, but I, I enjoy doing the podcast, right? So in my in my time that off, I've been watching a lot. And I just think con- content creation is really key to everything here in the future for people. Uh, I, I consume a lot of uh, content. Uh, I, today, I watched a, a guy just did a tour of his hobby shop, right? And it's mostly Traxxas, stuff like that. But it was intriguing. It was good. You look at guys like Mark Santaria, who, who's hitting it hard. Um He's doing a good job. Exo Cage, I think it's, it's another one called that's really good. There's lots of lots of good YouTubers out there. It's hard to make it uh racing based stuff. But there's there is there is if if you want to find something in RC, there is hope to do stuff outside of not being a pro driver. Now, another a person might think, oh, being a team manager is the dream job. It is not the dream job you think it is. It is not. <laughs> It is not going out there and testing stuff. I remember when I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a JQT manager. That means I'm going to get all these these uh, prototype parts, and I'm going to go out and test them out at my track when I had a track. Like, I was full bore into RC. You know what I mean? Like, wrenching, testing, all about that. Became a team manager, and all that kind of just went away. For me. Yeah. Because I became a manager of people more than I became a manager of anything else. 
And on that note with the people, I think that's another reason why I stayed doing RC for such a long time, or at least a long time for me, is um, just the people you meet and them being a positive influence on you is what keeps people coming back as well. Yeah, absolutely. The people that I met through being a JQT managers worldwide, right? Even though mostly it was focused on USA, I met people around the world who I talk to to this day that helped me get to where I am now through these people's support. Obviously, as the manager, then we started the podcast. And as the podcast has evolved, uh, more people have come into the field, more people support, more people like what what I do, what we're doing, the, you know, all this type of stuff. Um, I do know, I always say this, the biggest mistake was to stop racing because I think in the end, my, my stopping of racing also was probably one of the things that, because I was also very vocal here in the local crowd of RC as well. And once I stopped, because obviously I was super busy doing other stuff, you know, I didn't, I was like, at one point, dude, like, that's all I did was on my phone, 24-7, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, emails, all that type of stuff. I think in turn, with me not showing any interest on her, it, I kind of, the spark for the industry, the racing in, in the DR dwindled to we have nothing, right? Yes, we have some all-red guys that are doing some good stuff on her, and I, I want to go down to it. Uh, I want to go down to her. I want to go this week, but it's just, it's just expensive to go down there. Um. It's a lot of things, right? That you just it it's a very hard industry. I'm very fortunate to be able to work in this industry. But I always tell people all the time what the candy isn't as sweet when you work in a candy shop, right? Yeah. And it it does get something like that. But what viable I think if like for me, I've I've asked for somebody, I've looked for somebody to come and help out behind the scenes on the podcast. Like we're looking for somebody to help us with social media, be a little bit more uh, into that and stuff like that. Now, is that going to lead? That, we got to see how you work out first, right? You can't just say I can do it. I want to get paid. I need to see how you do it, right? Is it is it going to fall in line with what we have planned and all that type of stuff? So there's room for people to make money in RC. The issue is I just don't think there's at this moment in the racing side of things, there's not a lot of money in it. Now, if you want to go do bashing and all that type of stuff, I think there's definitely open doors for that. But yeah. racing's hard, man. Racing's hard. It's yeah. like anything, like full-scale racing. Not everybody gets to be into full-scale racing and uh, be a part of it and work in it either. Yeah, I think people, this is the biggest misunderstanding people have. It's not actually that difficult to get a work in RC. But it's really difficult to get to work with what you actually like in RC. You know, I like car design. I like testing. I like actually putting effort and, you know, making it sort of a professional experience making an RC car. It's not worth it. It's like you could release a half shit RC car and it can still do well in the hands of a pro. And if you market it correctly, it'll sell well enough to cover its tracks. And that's kind of the same thing with any type of like racing because it's not big enough. It's not uh, formed well enough to be lucrative in that way. So 
if you do it, you're kind of kind of do it out of your own, you know, own own way. And that's mm-hmm. I think Joseph is a great example of that. He if he went to any other uh form of racing, put in as much uh emphasis as he's done now, I bet he could have made a lot more money and in oh, absolutely. a lot more lot lot more comfortable way, let alone if he just graduated as an engineer and actually went to normal work, he could have made so much more. But he's one of those characters that kind of takes it to an extreme, you know? He has went to, down to the deep end and made his own car and then, you know, all the things with RCGP, um, things like this. I, I do believe that that's that's kind of one in a million in RC. There's like he's one, I, of yes, the only, yes. one of the only guys in RC, at least of the time I've been involved, who has done it to that extent. And mm-hmm. he kind of, the vision he has about, you know, RCGP and so, only reason why he has such a, you know, big push to do stuff like that is because that would allow for people to do what I just said, which would be cool to decide to actually like in a professional way, develop an RC car, which is not really happening in any way right now. And I think, you know, that's the difficult part of getting over that, you know, understanding that it's not just, it's not possible to, you know, being like a Christian Horner or Adrian Newby in RC or whatever, you know, idols you have, it's not possible to be that. Even like a, a professional race driver, 99% of these guys, after their pro career, they'll have to either go get a full-time job like Ty Tessman or get a job in RC, which is mundane and feels like a real job like Jared Tebow. You know? So, uh, Kate, did you want to add on that to that before I went on to something? Well, I think uh, also part of it is trying to make sure you don't do it to a point where you hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's exactly. part, because at some point when I was early on, um, I was making so many videos at one point at once. I kind of got sick of it. Mm-hmm. And I see that's what happened with a lot with other um, content creators in general, just burnout. Absolutely. And um, just doing it to a point where you still enjoy it, but don't hate it. And making sure that you can, you know, well, that making sure you stay doing it because you love it, not because you have to do a paycheck. Oh, I, I know, I I know how you feel about that, um, but something I wanted to stress on would be, if you are a young driver coming into RC, let's say, uh, let's use some one of these young, like let's take a, a driver like Joey Burton, eight, I think it's about eighteen, seventeen, six, seventeen, maybe getting eighteen this year, very good, solid driver, you know, um, there's there's others out there like them. I've always said there's there's no real set uh, pathway to becoming a pro driver, right? There's and now if you even look at it now with the retirement of a, with Tasman, who I just recently talked to, uh, Tebow's retiring, uh, has retired, you know, doing his own thing. The prospects of becoming a pro racer are, are starting to get slimmer and slimmer. We do look at some success stories. Tebow would be one so far. He's able to retire and work in the industry but also finding out that it's very hard to do. Drake 
who still is racing and traveling and and going, you know, still the, the spokesperson from Yugen and many other brands and for RC, uh, you know, and he goes to these races, he does make money at these races, doing the clinics and all that stuff, which he should. Uh, he is doing his social media stuff. He's got his Drake in stuff, which, which Ronda is, I believe, running that full time. So Drake is uh, is definitely taking the RC entrepreneur road and probably fl- running away with it. Like that's a great 100, great example of that, right? He's not just a racer. He works for Mugen. He's lining up to be, probably take over Mugen when it's all said and done, when Chris Moore's ready to retire. Uh, he's built a brand for himself. He's got his side business of the Draken products, which is expanded to a plethora of different things. And his brand, Drake, is worth a lot, right, in RC terminology. We're starting to see guys like Ryan Mayfield trying to cash in in their popularity with the RM2 brand and all that type of stuff and getting engines named after him so he gets a percentage of these. I'm sure he's getting a percentage of the engines. So there's different ways we're seeing these pro guys starting to reach out and make more money. Now, when you are Ryan Mayfield and you are Angaro, Angaro has this ONG stuff that he's you know doing over there. You can do this type of stuff. There's only a few guys that can do this stuff. Lux may be one of them too. Ronafel could be one of them. So they're, you're seeing these drivers, not only their salaries and their contingency, they have to go out and make this money elsewhere, right? They have to be active on social media. They have to... It, it, it's, it's a grind what you're doing, doing it at. Then you look at a guy like, look at Mason Fuller. He's out there. He's on the cusp of winning. You know? He's just kind of a racer. Not that active on social media. Not that that active, you know, not that talkative. We'll talk to you, but not that, not as talkative as some of these racers. But one of the fastest racers in the world. But trust me, he's also a racer that if naturally he quit RC, I wouldn't be surprised. Like he quit RC and got a real job. So, and I did talk yeah, the time I mean, and I, go uh, ahead. What you said about Mason, a good point to add is Mayfield did that for the longest time and Cavalier did that for the longest time. Yeah, but Cavalier. at different times. Yeah, yeah. But they are the only ones who've been able to do it. Like and Tebow. Tebow, but he had JTP. Yeah, Tebow has JTP and he is somewhat active. Oh, you mean as just drivers? Yeah, yeah, just drivers. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just drivers, like as it seems like Mason and Caden are kind of doing um, or pursuing at least. I mean, they, have, they can't do you, nothing you, else, really. You have to be the best. You mm-hmm. have to be Canassis, Canassis and Ongaro in a sense are those, but they also have their fathers who are very involved and they have created the brand around them in their respective areas. And I don't, I don't really think there are many drivers who at this day and age can really pull it off. And I bet, you know, Mason and Kaden are going to have to look for options in the future because realistically it's not just being a pro driver is not going to be an option at least you have to do collaborations pay someone to do with your brand something Uh, have an own company with you know doing in a sense a side hustle but guaranteeing income if okay so here's a question for both of you what usa drivers can go out so we'll start with kate what usa drivers you think can go out right now and get whatever salary they want. Yeah, whatever salary they want. Probably maybe Fend 
and probably I'd say Mayfield probably, okay. but then I say that, but then he wasn't able to at Mugen. But that's not, that wasn't hit. That was Mugen, but he did get yeah. it at Techno. Uh, what about you, Max? I I think, I think Fend is one. In some sense, I'd put Rivkin in there, but I do think. I put Rivkin in for 10 scale mostly. Uh, yeah, that's the issue with Rivkin is that he's not as good as Fend in in all of the classes he runs. But to be honest, if I'm if I'm a manufacturer, I think Drake would be like the one. But in a sense, like no manufacturer, just one racing. We're just talking much. going out there racing. Forget everything else. Oh, the race yeah. Race. If if it's just for racing, then it's definitely Fender Mayfield. Yeah, no one. Yeah. Else I, so I actually agree with that. Fend may. I, Ben could go to Associated right now and probably get what he wants. He can go to any yeah, company right yeah. now and get what he wants. I think Mayfield still has that power. I would, I've, Rivkin, I would throw up in that as well. Yeah, but I, I think, think Rivkin, three top Rivkin paid has, drivers in America. Uh, there's three yeah, guys. But, but Rivkin and Fend have much more value in the fact that they actually do. Quite they're, and they're younger. Like, they're, yeah, they're younger and they actually do a, quite a bit of outreach, you know? Like Especially they, Rifkin with his YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they spend at least like two to three hours, like half a workday a week, just on their social media content. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now in Europe, I can only think of two drivers. I, I'll throw in three. So in Europe, I think Ongaro and I think Ongaro and JC three. Ronafog was there, maybe not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. With uh, after the bad 2023, but I think JC3 and I think Ongaro does what he wants. Gets, I think Ongaro's getting a decent paycheck now, finally. And I'm guaranteed that JC3 being a top SRAC driver now being a top European J concepts driver is getting a decent paycheck. But there's two guys, in my opinion, deserve a good paycheck. I would say Ronafalk, too. He's gonna have to go out and prove himself some, some more with these x ray platforms. But he's another uh, racer that that. That kind of can get by on just being fast, right? But he also he also used to do social media and stuff. He doesn't do as much anymore. Jason Three doesn't really do much social media. Angaro does very little social media. Um, but they're just we can show up and we can put on a show and win anytime. Yeah, but between they, those two guys, they make a lot of money through other avenues. For example, Ronafalk, he has his own shop in. Uh, well, he has and, his track uh, and all Sweden, that stuff. He has his track, and I do bet that he has a lot of, you know, contracts with manufacturers that he's the, you know, the dealer of uh, of uh, mm-hmm. Sweden. You know, same with Ongaro. As far as I'm concerned, they are kind of the lead of Associated. So, like, I bet every Associated that gets sold in Italy, Ongaro gets a cut, you know, because they are... As, as it looks right now, they seem to be the main dealers of Italy. And with Canas, they have their own RC shop. Uh, they do a lot of stuff through that. So it's, Yeah, it's but he's more of a drive. He goes out there and drives. Like both of them uh, more, sure. we go yeah. out and drive. Yeah, I, we're I, fast, I will say, we're going to kick ass. I will say I've heard more from on guard. For a long time, I didn't know who Canas was when I got back into RC. And I, but I did hear about Ongar a lot more, mostly from like third party. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm more mostly talking about their income, like the way they get their income. But yeah, for a manufacturer, for sure, Ongara. No, I think they're getting paid. I'm guaranteed that Canas and Canas and Ongara are getting paid now. Like they're, well, they're, they're getting paid well. They're getting, they paid. Are getting paid for their results. What did you, what, so what? So anyway, we we named six of the best RC racers out there in the world right now, right? And then you have a plethora of other people around them that are making some money, not a lot of money. You know, like it, it, I would say that those six guys are probably making the most money in RC right now. Oh, as yeah, just drivers, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I think Ongaro can switch tomorrow and go anywhere he wants. I think Kanas can switch tomorrow and go anywhere he wants. I think Mayfield and Ben are in that same book. And I would throw in Rivkin in there. Um I think I think so. You the, think about that. You think about that. That's not a lot of people. Out of everyone who does yeah, RC, yeah. like yes. So yeah. but I think uh, the way the why why I'm kind of arguing against this is the whole premise is a little bit misguided because we named six people who are the best in the world. They can go to almost any race and fight for the win. And they are getting their most valuable drivers from any sort of manufacturer to get them. Yet still, they actively search out for other avenues of income. Each one of those we named, they actively do something with their name and brand to search for income. So here's the next question. And we're going to, we're going to wrap it up on this. I think what does the professional RC racer of the future look like? What are they going to be doing? If I am a, and, and it's going to be a two part question. If I'm a young, if I'm you 24 years old, I'm trying to get into this industry and do something. Cause that's what I hear. A lot of people, they want to get in the industry what can they do? What is the professional of the future going to look like? Man, Mayfield's not racing no more, and fans getting beat by these young guys. Go ahead. Who wants to take the lead on that? I think um, that we're going to see a lot more content creation, like a lot okay. more. In what form? Mostly some, for example, like a Ryan Styles Harris um, mm -hmm. format. Maybe not necessarily edited by that racer specifically. Maybe a third party editing for them because. I've done that before. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Um, but Ryan, St I bring this up because Ryan Styles Harris, even though he's not making mod A mains, he is making stock A mains mm -hmm. in 10 scale. And in oh, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are the future pros going to look like? These guys that go out there and win. They're going to be making, they're going to have like a team. If RC grows, which mm -hmm. it might, may not, um, they'll have a team of social media. Um, that's what I'm thinking. There'll be a guy following them around, videoing them, yeah. getting that reactions, getting all that stuff. Kind of like what uh, fifty one fifty done for Ty. We had uh, per he did that for Ronafalk at DNC. I think that's that's the future, right? I think that these top drivers are gonna have to be. I think companies are gonna get PR teams. As as things get going, right? They're gonna get. They're gonna have to have brainstorming teams. How can we best? Because this this industry is gonna realize that social media is key to everything, right? So they're gonna have to figure out how they're gonna take. Back, you got these top stars. You gotta take advantage of social media some way, somehow, and that's gonna come through a third party. They're gonna have people doing all that. They have. I mean, there are people doing that now, but to a better yeah, extent. They're not know? hired by associated specifically, right? 
They're just out there like, hey, here's what we got to do. We need this done, this type of stuff. I think that's going to be the top pro of the future. But what is the, 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 what other duties will we see from that top pro? It's not like, so Amazing Fuller, it's not going to be good that you just have to go and race. You got to do other stuff. You got to be available. Yeah. You got to be. Okay. That's what I mean. Go ahead, Max. Now, now I'm going to tell you how it is. Okay. Oh, so, boy. Right awesome. now, okay, this is going to be long, so you know, just, just so right uh, now, hey, look, you we're have, in a stage of you RC. Have two minutes. Yeah, right now, we are in a stage of RC where we are switching from the old, you know, word by mouth to the being in contact with everything through social media. I so agree. Instead of, instead of having five team drivers around the world who, you know, kind of win their national championships. Uh, like, you know, like Mugen used to have um, they, their international team. They had Robert Vatier, they had uh, at time Ryan Mayfield, then they had here and there, they had professional drivers. Kyosho mm -hmm. had Berton, they had Thibaut, they had Boots, uh, they had Cody King, you know, this type of stuff. That's gone. That's already gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, what's come now is the number one guy associated has Ongaro. Uh, in 10 scale, they have Rivkin. In um, TLR has Fend. Um, Techno kind of has Mayfield. You have these, every brand has their, you know, spearhead pro driver. Instead of ha paying like five guys a mediocre salary and kind of, you know, getting what you can out of them, it's going to turn into a way where you have one guy, you kind of put all your eggs into one basket, you create all your racing content out of that one guy. And the reason why I think this is the future is because Horizon is doing it, which means that someone in the behind the scenes at the, the fucking board meeting has counted like, hey, this makes this much money, this makes this much money, we can save by dropping all the other team guys, let's have this one we demand him to do this this amount of social media coverage himself and what that what's that going to look like in the future effectively this like f1 drivers they are in ads like how many ads have you seen fucking Kimi Raikkonen in and you know he's not going to be enjoying that and that's because that part pays for ferrari and the sponsors they they want that face there so Dakota Fan, for example, when they do a basher ad or something, they're going to put Dakota faces, uh, Dakota Fan's face on it, and he's going to be saying, Oh, I'm a Roar national champion, and or I'm a world champion if he wins one, and uh, I approve like this car, like this is my car. That's what they're going to do. So every brand will have their own puppet that happens to be a really fast uh, RC racing driver. And on top of the racing, they're going to use his likeness uh, or hers likeness, hopefully someday, um, to deploy their message better and more professionally. I think that's what the pro is going to look like. The, the amount of pro is going to significantly decrease. Mm -hmm. Most brands will just have one. And someone like Nguyen has kind of already done this, but it just happens that the driver isn't that fast it kind of like they only have the face he's fast he's just not no but he's not fast. Yes. he's not he's the not, fast yeah right. he's not the guy and i think 
like as as the way the RC economy works, this is just going to be in the future. And we are going to for sure have a lot of these guys like Mason Fuller or um, who else would be Burakilic. These young guys who get, get um, paid enough Is you're breaking up really bad. Is he cutting out? Okay, I cut no, out. That was me. Yeah. Yep, you're back. Go ahead. You said Borak Kilik. These guys will get paid a little okay, bit. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. So we're going to have this. Yeah. Yeah. These guys like Borak Kilik and Mason Fuller, where they're essentially they're most likely pros, but they don't get paid enough to really do it full time. They, they, get, they get paid enough to be 20 and to have fun, but they don't get paid enough to buy a house and have a family. You know, and that's what the, uh, Ty Tessman has realized because he he didn't really have anything post X-ray. Before he went to X-ray, he had his own brand. He had all this kind of stuff that he could have stayed in the industry if he wanted. But after that, not really. And he never was that type of a, like a cool face of a brand, like someone like Dakota Fan. But he was. He was. He was. The, he was the face of ProLine for many years. He was, but they made him. You forget him. how you you forget how popular Ty Tasman was for a matter a long time. He had yeah, a golden that, era where he where like he was winning races. His package was on yeah. point. He was actually probably one of the first. So I, I get what. So I guess that's what you meant by content creation, Co. Exactly. And I guess what you're saying is Max is basically we are re re get regressed to magazine days when when they used to do that type of stuff. But it would be all digital now. Yeah. Which I I actually I agree before, with. Before innovation is an oval. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. It's, it's coming back around just in a different form. Yeah. And that and that in turn is gonna open up doors for people to work in there, you know, social media influ uh social media managers and stuff like that. You might yeah. another great example of somebody that maybe wasn't the fastest racer but found a way to work in RC's Tyler Hooks, right? He was he he has a degree in communications and all that stuff. And at one point he was doing social media for like techno, aka live RC. And um now he's kind of moved on to doing J Concepts stuff as well as racing. Right. So maybe not the best fastest race in the world, but is able to represent J Concepts in stock, do well. He he represents pretty good at uh, regional races in Florida. Works for J Concepts, and he is still enjoying RC. Jr. Mitch, another example of that. You know, was fast at one point. Uh, still works in the industry. I think he works for like GS Hobbies or something like that. Uh, he's still able to race. He's really into drifting right now. He's doing that stuff. Uh, so there there are ways to continue to work. Don't forget about all the countless people that work in hobby shops. You know, that's still a, exactly. it's mm -hmm. still a great, uh, it's people enjoy that as well. You know, if you have a good hobby shop, a good, uh, a good healthy um, atmosphere to work in, it's always good. So it, it's, but content creation is key because I say that because as I consume my content, I've been watching like this guy who's open up, who has a toy store, right? He buys lots and does sells this and goes to the toy events. And he, makes content out of all of that, right? 
So, and people consume that. And I think I would love to see more content like that from our RC racers, but it's going to take people to make them do that. Something I was thinking that we might see at some point in RC and we're starting to see this is trainers like an Alton Baker that is for the motocross. Is that his name? Alton Baker? No, Alton Baker, but it's not going to happen. I don't think. (laughs) You don't think so? I think so. I think it'll happen informally. Barry Baker was one. Richard Saxon is one. Yeah, but they don't get paid. Right, that's but that's going to become a thing at some point, I think. No, it, 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 you it, think not? I think so. I, I think I'll, informally. I'll later, but I think, I think Ro- but, Roach can go ahead, but I think I, I have a more bigger point to this in a bit. I think the only, well, the only thing I was really going to say is like, I think it's already happening informally, like for example, with Little Bump and Ryan Lutz, the Kyosho. But for it's hard to say exactly where that would go if they have the bu- or if they have the budget for it. Barry Baker was a prime example. Yeah, Barry but Baker wasn't. Is, but well, I mean, he didn't he, get paid. That was the, the yeah. And the thing example. is, is he still doing it? No, he's not. He did it no. for a while. No, he's yeah, not. Exactly. Not. That's my point. And what I why, maybe too soon. Maybe too soon. No. Okay. And here's why. No. Oh, when God. I said before. Like each of these brands are gonna have their like top guy. That means that there's gonna be less amount of these top pros. So there's gonna be maybe like about an if more world's main full of like actual pros. And the guys less than that from what you're saying. Huh? Less than that from what you're saying. If you think like all of the brands, it's gonna be around ten like full time pros head of the face of the brand or whatever. But instead of having, you know, maybe 10 to 15, uh, these guys who kind of part-time pros, like um, kind of like Johnny Skidmo, you don't really know if he's a pro driver or if he works in RC, kind of like in between that, you're going to have like much more of those. Guys like Tyler Hooks who make a career out of RC in some way, but are still racing and are good. And I think the whole side hustle culture is going to be the big thing in RCS. Well, a lot of people have these like side hustles and they want to mm-hmm. drive. They have this dream of like winning or whatever, and they'll do for the passion job for not that much money, you know, and that will become much more popular as the economy, you know, grows into that side hustle more and more as it's done already, but it will evolve. And at some point, and in a sense, we're already there. Everyone who is in RC is in some way working for RC. And like to kind of put more context onto this, you know, every guy is a contracted customer, a team driver, and their job is to promote the brand the best they can, go out with the certs. So effectively, it's just a huge like ring that you know, works for itself. So you do work to sell stuff so you can get free stuff and the guy below you does stuff so he can free stuff. And then, you know, it's a whole, you know, never ending loop of things. And in some sense, I think in the future, almost everyone in RCA will have a side hustle unless those guys. Yeah. Apart from you know what those their side hustle is like, going to be? Trainers when they got a little. You watch. No, 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 no. no it's not, well, I think not the trainers... Be- 
I think the trainers kind of already exist with local drivers because um, unofficial. It's like it is, it is unofficial, but that's yeah. like part that's like part of their whole. Like for example, there are two drivers at my track um, at Loganville that go there often. It's Ryan Looper and Chris Van Air. They're always trying to help. It's it's down to their who they are as people, but it's also part of their contract. They help everyone regardless of what car they drive as well. And they're always trying to coach mm-hmm. someone exactly what they should do, how they should drive. It's just, it's informal, but it's already happening, at least at a local level. Yeah, but I think, like, well, com- let's compare straight to motocross because Keenan brought up Alan Baker. And why why he became. Of, yes, such of course a it's going to happen. Why no, no, I think no, no, it's no. going to happen. Listen, listen to me. Let me explain why I think it's going to happen first. And then you can contradict me, and then we'll move on. Because at some point in this sport, those top guys that you're talking about, one of them is going to start doing something that the other isn't. And that could be having his trainer. This could be a guy that's out there, like, fucking got his meal. Like, I'm talking about, like, his, like you guys think I'm joking. He could have this meal prep. This guy eats on time. He's doing exercise every morning, all this type of stuff. He's doing hand-eye coordination. Um techniques and all this type uh all this different type of stuff he we're starting to see uh guys wearing glasses more having different paint you know, all this like taking every detail and and because rc isn't a physical sport you can't physically train for but i'm sure being in shape is good for you but definitely training your hand eye coordination any type of glasses helps you focus better any type of we're gonna see somebody go to that next level and that's not gonna come from an rc racer that's going to come from somebody training them. That's what Alton Baker done when he came to motocross, right? He became that guy. He's not a motocross. I don't, I'm not sure if he was a motocrosser, but he wasn't like a champion. He's just a smart guy who put some things together. Once we start well, seeing more, <laughs> huh? <laughs> you said he's a smart guy that puts things together and that, that put, thing put was blood, blood transfusions. That's what he did. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. He he got he made a position for himself, made a name for himself in motocross, and now he's got champions on his belt. Well, you're gonna start seeing stuff like that in RC. I'm, mark my words. Grows. Twenty years from now, twenty twenty five years from now. Okay. And the reason why that's not gonna happen comes now. Okay. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Hurry up after yeah, this. Yeah, we'll it's gonna up. be it's gonna be rather quick. But if we look at motocross. Motocross wasn't that professional back in the day. It became professional when big money started coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. en- energy drink brands, um, big, you know, uh, manufacturer, like big outside of the industry. Outside of the industry money coming in. Yes. Ours. yes. yes. And yes. Why, why that happened was because they had a really good product, which was Supercross. You could take it in front of many people. You have a way to build a track quickly. It's a very easy entertainment product to sell, which currently RC is not even on the track to go towards. I would agree there. Yeah. And the reason why someone like Alden Baker came up was because this entertainment product had a surprisingly high amount of value. And winning it obviously puts you into more, your sponsors get more appearance or whatever. And because so many people are now watching it, being on the podium now is so much more valuable. But in RC, let's be honest, if you're not a true RC fan, 
you don't fucking have no clue who Brandon Rose is. You know what? No idea. And you are maybe, absolutely maybe you right. haven't even seen the podium picture that he's in. You don't know what his sponsors are. And this whole thing, there will not be any monetary incentive for being really successful in RC until there is some value as an entertainment and in through that a high amount of viewership. You know what? You just burst my bubble. You are absolutely right. Uh, yeah. You know what Ty Tasman said in his interview? He said, he's like, he's, well, in his job that he's doing now, which which is mean about a practice routership, he goes, no one cares that you're a world champion or one DNC yeah. this many times in that world. That You're just a guy who raced RC cars to do that. And that's true. That's true. Outside of our world, nobody cares about that. With that also being said, I don't think it goes farther beyond racing, even just racing. I mean, for bashing too. Yeah. Like you were talking about how um they'd use like for example, Horizon used Dakota Fens likeness for like an advertisement. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd care. I don't think they see that value yet. The I think the the value yeah. would be in his accolades, like not naming them off. Like naming them off, but sure. using just like his face, I'm not sure that. Would well, work. you'd have to name it like multi 32 time national champion, Dakota Fan chooses. chooses. Yeah, but I think the LMT. Moto LMT. <laughs> yeah, the Mo- to be Pro honest, Moto X. To be honest, now that you say it like that, it probably isn't. Let's really? make funny commercials before we leave. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's actually like I said that before, but I'm kind of backtracking on that. But I do think but I do think having a face of your brand is gonna be more important. Like you need a face of your brand to promote it, at least to people inside RC. But it's not gonna be like a full race team. I can, I look, I can see much. it now. Dakota the Phenom Fed, 24-time national champion. Runner-up at many world championships throughout his career. He chooses the Losi Pro Moto X Exotech wheel wrench for your... You know what that would actually benefit, though? It would be like, they'd be like, oh, championship of what? And then they'd look into it. And because the Moto X looks... And because the uh, Moto X sells very well, more people would be exposed to our series. Speaking of Moto... We'll talk about that. All right, so... I want to say one more thing. Just if oh my God. Just, just say <laughs> but it's, it's a short thing. Imagine a day where Horizon has a full-time basher personality that makes more money than Dakota Fan. That's, I bet that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I bet you that happens pretty I soon. his name was Kevin Talbot. Yeah. Yeah, but Kevin is, I don't think he, he makes like deals. He doesn't have full-time contract. Yeah. He makes his money on YouTube and eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eBay schemes. eBay, Max has eBay schemes. He's selling legitimate eBay stuff and makes money off his millions of views that he gets on YouTube, dude. Millions and millions yeah. of views. All right. Uh, so the question is if you're listening to this and our Ramble one for the last hour about working in RC, how can you work in RC? Give us some examples. Have you worked in RC in a different uh, there's other things that we haven't thought about that are working in RC. Recently, my buddy Peter Bartel got invited out to do some RC. He set up a track and do something for some filming. There's other, Jay Housley does that. I mean, that's one in a, f- a million, but 
I mean, even myself, I got into working underground because of RC, working a radio-controlled uh, shop-cute robot. So sometimes working in RC doesn't come the way you think it does. But what do you guys think? Outside of being a pro racer, what else? how else can you work in the RC? Is social media part of it? Content creation the big thing? It still always comes back to content creation for me. All right. Moving I on. Think, I, I do want to touch on that because we did touch a lot about Axel Plunge. No, 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 no. This is a good one because there's a lot more things in RC. You know, every hobby shop needs to have a CEO, needs to have this and this and this. Yellow card. And every every brand has their, you know, business uh, director and uh, procurement or whatever. So there are just very mundane jobs, but it happens to be in an RC company. Um, those exist and those aren't going away. But And I, I bet as Horizon and some of the brands get bigger, they exist more and more. But I think the most interesting jobs and in racing, yeah, most likely they're all, you know, uh, content creation. Everybody wants to be a pro driver. I don't blame you. It is the life. Yeah. So you think it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, we're going to get ready to move on to our hot race, hot potato, and hot and cold section. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Hot Race Tires. We want to thank Nicola, uh, Maroney for all the support of the No Name RC podcast and being a sponsor. I know I have some hot race tires I have to give out. I'm going to send off that list to him and you guys who won some tires in the Christmas show will be getting them shortly. Check them out, Hot Race. Uh, we have links for Hot Race in the written description of this podcast where you can buy them from in America. So our hot potato topic of the week is right now, one eight scale racing is very hot at the moment. Worldwide. There's yeah. a, we talk about growing RC. Yes, I want us to grow RC, but the amount of racing going on right now around the world is is amazing. 1.8 scale is what I notice more, but there's lots of 1.10 scale going on, lots of onward going on. So let's talk about that. Let's let us let us just look at America this past weekend. We had Motor Roma. We had that other race, that Cavallari, and then we're at a 10 scale. We had um, Loganville down there. I believe we had um, nothing was going on in the Carolinas this week. That was big. Uh, nothing in big in Florida this past weekend, but they got something coming up this weekend. Midwest was racing. They know when in uh, California, California RC is looking strong again. SoCal. Revelation packed, like jam-packed on a Saturday. Packed. Guys out there, like full heat racing all day. They got the on-road track going. They got the supermoto. So they've taken this promoter access and made a supermoto class for them that they're racing at Revelation. You know? Uh, in in Australia, they had nationals. So I don't think much eight scale going on in Northern Europe and all that stuff because of weather, obviously. But racing right now is really, really, I, I mean, shit, we got races coming up right on up all these next few weeks. Like every week, there's a race going on. And it's yeah. got coverage yeah. almost. All of them have got coverage. I was pulling it up. Um, a club race, a regular club race at my local track in Loganville had 125 entries. Yeah. Really? I think in the in Georgia. I think this point, like initially when I thought about it, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's still hot. That's about it. But now like thinking more, thinking more deeply in it, it has for sure 
grow. And, you know, in some sense, you think, oh, how come there's all the time these new car manufacturers, we have an abundance of car manufacturers. If it isn't profitable, no people would do it. So Exactly. Buyers, yeah. chassis. Yeah. And they none of them are 10 scale. None of them are in touring. None of them are in 10 scale. All of them are almost exclusively 8 scale, the tires and the chassis. And even engine manufacturers popping up left and right. You have, uh, you know... Uh, race tech from clinic rc obviously course attack coming out with their own a lot new and you know nova nova yeah nova coming up then uh protec being like now making the mayfield getting much more involved in the engine market i think uh, in some sense like i've been kind of like yeah why do we have such an abundance but right now it's becoming clear that the eight scale market is the biggest because even if I think in Finland, almost everyone drives e-buggy in Finland. Like almost any RC driver has an e-buggy at this point. And I think actually a big reason to thank is e-buggy and e-truggy. Why I was RC able to say that. E-buggy and e-truggy are one of the biggest reasons yeah. to thank for that. What do you think about that, Roach? You're down there in the south. Logan, like you said, you had a lot of... You're in a hotbed of RC, to be honest. You can... You can go to many different states and go racing. I can, and it's amazing because um, it's not just that. It's also because of the weather mm -hmm. because it's always, even during the winter, like the coldest it got was like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like, mm -hmm. what, like five degrees Celsius, something like that? Yeah, a little bit less? Yeah. Um, but also, like you said, everyone has an e-buggy. Most people have an e-truggy. That's usually the second class they go with, and it's just it's just enjoyable and um well here we are doing it now <laughs> yeah i would yeah. say that uh the ease of getting things is making it a lot oh know, yeah that's that's another thing i was going to say yeah. a lot of um there's basically like a hobby shop per track that stocks parts like for example at loganville it's um there's two of them really but that sells ogo tires it's peach state hobbies Mm -hmm. And race line designs, and he sells like hot bodies parts, VP Pro tires, and just everything you need to get started or keep your car going, basically. And it's all eight scale. There's no, there are no ten scale tracks in Georgia anymore. Wow. And then you look on the West Coast, though it's mostly nitro. I was watching it this past weekend, like Revelation. Like I said, Revelation was packed, and then Santa Barbara was, had a race going on. Um, it just seems like. Uh, well, also weather, it's decent weather over there, so they can race. Imagine what summer's summer's gonna be lit, like when everybody can go outside and race eight scale, and all this type of stuff. Uh, I think the availability, like Max said, the availability to have so many kits, to have so many different choices of tires nowadays, as well, helps out because most most let's be honest, most of these people are on deals, so they're getting tires of cons consumers that you need to go through. Fuel, tire, servers, engines, all being uh, supplemented through deals. And just lots of good series going on. Lots of racing going on. Lots of good coverage uh, as well. Coverage, yes. Coverage being good. at the Even, you know, you look at uh, like FRCC is going to have coverage that race the, the, the Northwest Rage Tour. They have coverage. INS, Tenskill has coverage. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to Tony New, uh, Tony Schumacher's race this weekend, be just because he has a huge track. Uh, I think 
the coverage plus the availability of parts, the availability of races, and in certain areas, e-bugging, e-truggy. It's 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 looking good, man. It's we we all we're always doom and gloom here, but I would say well, not always doom and gloom, but we always say it's not growing, probably not growing as fast as we want. But eight scale racing right now is freaking hot, 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 hot. It feels like can a I lot share? of. I'm sorry, good. No, no, no. My, I was gonna ask that. Can I share some of my wisdom without getting actual plunged? Yes, yeah, as long as it's in within uh, 120 seconds. Okay, pulling up the timer so, now. Yeah. So I think the why this has happened is the following. So a lot of people like tool drive buggy used to be quite popular, and slashes were a big thing. Short course was a big thing at the time. And this kind of tells us that for a beginner, no one's going to do nitro. Too difficult. Electric is easier, but 10 scale buggies are fragile. They're difficult to drive. They're really aggressive. Uh, four wheel drive buggy has a really bad rear grip. Tool drive is tool drive, so it's really hard to drive. It's hard to get in it. Okay. Another thing that's kind of damaging 10 scale is uh, the price of properties in general, in the West at least. And around the world. Yeah, but like price mm -hmm. of everything, but also mm -hmm. like the price of property, which is much more expensive for 10 scale because it's always indoors. The price of property is higher, uh, cost of electricity is higher, things like that. So everything's more expensive indoors. 10 scale tracks are closing, so on and so on. So effectively, we have now fixed all the, you know, smoke issues of the early eight scale speedos and motors. They are really reliable. Eight scale buggies has always been really durable. Most eight scale buggies are effectively bashers. The truggies are bashers <laughs> as, as of uh, the current form. So we have made it reliable enough and in some sense cheap enough as the eight scale buggies that it's possible to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Having tracks, having facilities is cheaper than 10 scale, so you have a bigger offer of those. It's more attractive for beginners as well as the more seasoned drivers to take part in, in 8 scale. And I think like when it starts rolling, the snowball gets bigger and bigger and rolls faster. And I think that's kind of what's happening with uh, 8 scale. So you started out with getting a little bit better speedos, then all of these things like, come together. Cheap batteries, think, too. Yeah, batteries are cheaper. Batteries. And then also, like, uh, we switch in, in uh, e-buggy, we switch from the stick batteries to the uh, shorties a lot of the times. Much cheaper, you can run the same in a 10-scale, so for a 10-scale driver to buy an e-buggy, so easy, you just freaking buy one and buy an uh, also, Speedo. I would add to that, that you can you can get yourself, look, you can, people can run their clapped-out e-buggy or nitro-buggy if they haven't changed their foils in like three or four race weekends, you know, it's still got dirt on it from last week and you can still go out and still probably be competitive with that car. You can run it's, your Arma Typhoon. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I was, that you was can my run your thing. Italian. Yeah. Your Italian, especially uh, the Italian, the truck, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the truck. Right. And then I saw a lot, I'm starting to see a lot more. There's this Arma low c tune typhons showing up at tracks as well too which is also a great push uh i just think durability is key right if that car can take a lick and keep on ticking and doesn't need a lot of maintenance people are enjoying it 
and then yeah, they get 100%. then they get to like then they go it's just it's like a snowball like you go to that region race and you go to another race and you go to a national race oh realize that i need something a little better better then you get something then you're like oh i want nitro because it's the glory unlike Cade, who doesn't think it's the glory <laughs> and then um you know we then they realize that nitro is the key with pit stops and long pits and pit lane no, and we but I do nitro races at the same time i do think like this if we only had nitro each scale wouldn't be it would growing. not be as growing as much as it is it no, would no, not i don't think it, i don't think it would be growing period yeah, Period. Think, it would not. I agree yeah. with you there. I think eBuggy is the main factor in this. It's easier. eBuggy and eTruggy, I'm telling you. Yeah. E, it's, just eBuggy and eTruggy. I've been converted. I'm a full-on EP guy. You now. could probably run that eTruggy and eBuggy the same for like two months straight. Yeah. yeah. Not change you don't thing. have to do shit. Not change and a thing. Is, and it's not still change a thing. It's and so, the thing is... So much power. You don't even have to know how to drive. You just freaking go on the gas and keep it wide open. So are we just giving uh, our kudos to Etragi and Ebagi for all of this? Tracks much, do. Yeah. Yeah. Tracks, Tracks definitely. Tracks, One thing yeah. I like to see that Tracks do is they'll keep the... Um, they'll save like the really bizarre and uh, like fantastical layouts for like big races. But for club races, they'll keep the layout simple. To make exactly. it easier for someone who's new to get around mm -hmm. it without crashing mm -hmm. too much. Well, I, and also, I think tracks are being more beginner-friendly, period. Like, getting people in. We're not being little weirdos over there. Like, look at my $5,000 car. Just yeah, I was, I was talking with Charlie Mack about that. And he, that said it, he said that's one of his pet peeves. Like, one, how much does that car cost? Oh, I, got, I spent $2,000 on my Agama and... <laughs> Yeah. I spent two thousand dollars just in titanium on this model. On this, thing. I spent two thousand dollars on titanium nuts. Yeah, they're <laughs> max titanium nuts, dude. I'm gonna I hate that too. Okay, I think the content creation that's out there too, that definitely helps as well. Have you seen MX Acres with um his yes. mid motor Bandit? And he's doing uh LMT now. He did like a LMT monster truck, I believe. That's what we're yes, talking he about. Did. He drives on an indoor track, right? Small indoor. Yeah, I think he's up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so the, the amount of content that's getting out there, it's starting. It's starting to... And I just think that people are more attracted to... Like, you go look at Motor Room and look how big, the, how long those cars are jumping, and then we go, uh, us RC nerds, we like, oh, wow, look how that, that car jumped 10 feet in 10 scale. It's amazing. You know? But, like, when you see that car, that e-truck, you just sending it, like, 35 feet and landing it perfectly right there, you're like, ooh, I like that. That's I want to always going to get more people. And also, I think like nitro, the sound, the smoke, yeah, okay. To me, not a big deal. Like I don't really give a shit. To me, why I like nitro is because it's it's a complex racing machine. Okay, but when you look at an e buggy on a track, and that thing is freaking flying. Okay, the way the speed the e buggies go down the straight these days is insane. I think. That's more impressive to more people than the sound. Obviously, for totally for like a petrol head, market, you're yeah, gonna want yeah. the sound. Yeah, for sure. But for general, you know, if you already have an RC car, it's going fast is a thing. You know, but we we are all in general agreement that right now, one eight scale racing is extremely hot, even in winter time, when a lot of people oh, aren't able to race it. Yeah. It's still dominated my feed. It is dominated my Facebook feed. 
Oh, all right. I want I want to say two things because there was two good topics here that I didn't fully get to talk. You never want to have the never. Not, you always want to have the last word. No, but dude, you know when you have he so many smart one, things in one. your head, you feel like it's a responsibility to share it to the world. Okay. Uh, add to the arrogant things I've ever said on this podcast. Uh, first thing, the tracks. I think we have an issue in RC where we view that technical tracks need to be like, oh, this is very tight and twisty, and if you hit this, you're going to crash. No, that's that's not it. The way we should do technical is it's hard to go fast. Have an off-camber. Have, you know, sections where you have to carry speed. Don't have a 180 and then ridiculous bounces everywhere. That's really hard to get by. No, have a section where it's a little bit an off-camber. You have to keep a line to, you know, make it fast around the next uh, jump or whatever. Keep the car low, things like that. I think we need to start viewing technicality over track in a different way than we already do. Because that offers a wider range of skills. And I think, you know, some tracks in Europe are doing it more, more, going to that direction more than in America, like the West Coast tracks, I I don't I don't think it's fun to drive on a track like this. Is driving against the track? No, you don't want that. You want to drive, you know, against other competitors. You don't want to be afraid of crashing all the time. You want to be able to push it and try to maximize your line and so whatever. But that could be a whole other topic, so I'm not going to go further. Other thing, I think people have a misconception about why short course was popular. It's not the freaking bodies. Who gives a fucking shit? They don't look like real short course trucks anyway. The reason why they became popular was... They kind you of could, do. Yeah, but they don't look like... Like, have you seen, like, the Proline body and a real short course truck? They do nothing alike. They look closer to a real truck than what we currently race now looks like, like anything real. For sure. but This doesn't not, look real, Max. No, yeah, but that's not my point. My point is... Either way it is, it's not real enough that it would be a factor. And to be honest, even if it was a factor, it's not a big one. The big factor why short course was popular was because you could bash that car around the track without it breaking. You could bash into other cars without getting tangled and tangled and flipped over, which is the main issue of like buggies in 10 scale. In 8 scale, the things are heavy enough. When you hit another car, most likely you're going to be fine. You're going to you know, move over a bit. If you crash, it's not going to break. The tires are so big, you can hit the pipes, it'll bounce right back. I think those two things are why short course had its popularity at one point, why people got excited about it, especially newer drivers, and what's now happening to 8 scale. It's not the realisticness of it. Just scrap that idea. The real it's thing the able to bump each other without crashing. It's easier. It's less. You don't feel nervous stressful. to break the thing. Exactly. When you're driving, you don't have to be like, mm -hmm. oh, what, 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 like the car is so nervous. What if I jump this tool drive into the jump face and then the front arm fucking flies off? You don't want that. Or a ball cup. Most people are ball, ball, ball cup. Fuck those things. You want to have <laughs> fun where you're at an RC track. You don't want the thing to flip over all the time. And a lot of people, you know, I see a lot of guys that track with a nitro car and they let it run on the pit lane. They get up to the driver's stand, it flames out, and they just yell like, 
fuck and run down. <laughs> I don't think many people like that. So that's why a lot of people have changed to eBuggy too. No, no, it's it's absolutely true. Ebuggy is definitely ebuggy, etroggy, plug and play. Don't have to strip that shit was, down. That was like a that was like a eureka moment for me because when I was running the nitro buggy for like a little bit, my friend Kevin Tran was like, You look really stressed out. I'm like, shit, I am. <laughs> yeah. It it is like especially if you don't know what to do. I've seen people run five times up and down the driver's stand, and every time the thing flames out. You, why did and you help I, them at times? No, after that, after that, I had to be like, "Hey, let me take a look at it." Like, dude, only <laughs> after the time. fifth time. Jesus no, but I was driving. I was doing. I was doing like a five-minute run, so I couldn't like stop it and go down. When I okay. finished my run, I always. Well, I hope I hope that we keep the upward uh, momentum. Uh, it will be good, and I think that but comes think- from. I think when when we do get those content creators like Talbot going to a race and stuff like that, and him getting into it, hopefully it will help out. Or I still have hope that one day a racing only channel would would get big. All right, get, uh, get hot Talbot and cool. to uh, BRCA uh, Truggy E Truggy National. That's a goal for someone. Who? Probably for Papa okay. Long RC. Oh, Papa Long RC is another one I watched a little bit of this past weekend. All right. Uh, let us know in the comments what your favorite uh, RC, what type of RC content that you're consuming as well. And do you agree with us? Do you think that one eight scale racing is absolutely booming right now? And uh, yeah, I hope it keeps continues to on that upward trend. All right. Up next, we're, we're running off this uh, podcast, hot and cold. So, who put these notes in here? Was it UK or was it Max? It was probably Max. I didn't look at the notes until this morning. You put lots, uh, lots, lots, is lots hot and there. hot. Lots is hot. I would, I would agree there. Definitely hot. The Kyosho hot heat. And Mayfield and cold, along with no hey. real commitment. That's in... me. That, that's, that's me. I'll, I'll that's why. That, that that's, that's why the grammar is so bad. <laughs> no real commitment in Europe on racers to attend. Yeah, I even fixed a part part of it, but yeah. Okay, so Lutz, we can agree that Lutz is right now doing very well. Does yeah. Lutz win e-buggy at DNC? I call him my dark horse. He finished. Didn't he finish second in twenty twenty two? I don't know, but does just I'm asking you, does he win? Does he win e-buggy at DNC? I'm saying yes, okay. judging from his results in twenty twenty two. DNC is gonna get blown out. He's been he went to New Zealand absolutely dominated at blown out track. He has been good in general at blown out tracks. Kyosho is generally good at blown out tracks. I, Look hey, at you say that like you're so excited about Kyosho. No, but you like I didn't even think like Lux could win E buggy at All right, how about Nitro Buggy? Is he top five? Um well, I think so he's gonna I think he's gonna flame out. <laughs> but oh my god! Lutz is, Lutz right. is one of those. Lutz is one of those guys, like to kind of like bring the hype down a little bit. Lutz is one of those guys who you wouldn't pick him for a win, but he's always gonna be there in the fight. He but any e buggy race, you got him as a horse. You got him as yeah, a good it's horse. Only, it's only it's only ten minutes, and also the way Lutz drives, it's really aggressive. He, he had a good battle with Rana Falk in twenty twenty two. In the e-buggy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what about you? What about you, kid? I think I definitely think he's a contender, but I need to see exactly who's going. I definitely, 
everyone. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. No, no Angara. No Angara. Yeah, okay, okay. Angara isn't going. going. Yeah. Probably Kanara no boots Kanara. either. Probably no boots. In that case, yeah, I'd say I could see him definitely winning an e buggy. I could see okay. him winning in nitro buggy too, honestly, or at least podiuming. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I could Ooh. see him podiuming. I think the main issue with him in nitro is still he makes just too many mistakes. He has good speed, but the way he drives makes him prone to silly mistakes. I don't have him in a nitro buggy at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. It's, I think it's kind of like a thing that has haunted him for his whole career because he's like all those results at Roar Nats at Worlds. He's always been like, oh, he's so fast, but just like the end result isn't always the best. And it's just, you know, like Ongaro is kind of those guys that maybe are not at the top of the game. If Ongaro went to DNC, I wouldn't have him in it that either. All right. Yeah, and then who flipped really? in Kyosho there? Was that you, Max? Did you want to yeah, back just, up all Kyosho just, once again? No, but we talked about it earlier. I just kind of wanted to, you know. So Kyosho is hot. I would agree. Kyosho is yeah. hot right now. Yeah. I Kyosho wanted to right piggyback it off of lots. But would you agree? There? Are see... you starting to see more Kyosho in your area, kid? Uh, surprisingly, no. I'm actually seeing a lot more Max can hate this. Sparko. Spark. You did say that. Yeah, last that's podcast. true. Yeah, but seen... that's, the, yeah, that's the area. It's the it's the area and it's northeast and southeast. You just everyone who was running HB has either gone to S Works or Sparko, one or the other. Sparkly Sparko. All right. So in no. cold, Max, you have Mayfield. You are going to piss off a lot of people with this. Mayfield. Yeah, I think, you know, again, this is one of those, you know, is it cold if it's colder, you know, type of things. He's not like, if we say, like, uh, Mayfield's cold, it means like he's 90 degrees from Fenders to 100 degrees, you know. That's that's what calls a lot of difference right there. Ninety and hundred. It is, but Fend has also been performing much more consistently at a higher level, like winning Chuggy. I still have Mayfield winning DNC though. Yeah, Mayfield has won like five of them in a row. So I have Mayfield, Fend, Ronafalk. No. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, no. It's no, X-ray. If he if he went there with like a C hub car, yeah, a C hub car yeah. made of uh that looks gold, the little Japanese oh, logo even, on even it. If, <laughs> even even if he went with an HB, I'd I'd pick him for a top three at DNC. But because he's going with an X-ray, I won't. What, I don't what? think I don't think he's comfortable with that style of car yet, at least. In that type of surface, even though he really is good at that type of surface. So for nitro buggy, correct? Yes. Well, what about you and Ma- Max's code on Mayfield? Game? Well, Mayfield, Mayfield's kind of been always been a constant. He's always there, like in the not just in the background, but like in the forefront of everything, in terms of just like talking about drivers. But I see him sort of falling off in terms of general discussion with a lot of people these days. Everyone's talking about Brandon See? Rose. Everyone's talking about Fend. Everyone's talking about Angaro and just younger drivers in general. Not many people are talking about Mayfield as much. And with this, um, with him being beaten by Lutz in the, what was it? The Motorama? Motorama, yeah. yeah. Motorama, yeah. Um, I think that kind of doesn't help. Mm. Wow. 
I could. I, I, hey, can you be like my uh, voice man? Because you just fucking yeah, spirit, my mind and said everything. Spirit I brother. Yeah, I don't even need to. Me, like, good. So I, I could I plunge you right now. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> need to speak. So you agree with Gabe Kid completely? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's. that's I I, I see thing. why you feel that way, but let's not forget that this man just won a very stacked SIC. And is going I into did forget about e buggy. E he won nitro buggy. No, he didn't. Brandon did. Rose wanted. Brandon oh, Rose huh? won nitro. Brandon no, Rose won SIC AMS. Sorry, AMS. Yeah. Sorry. That's my point. He, AMS was what? Four November. Ago? Yeah, November. Four ago. I can't find and, it on live RC. Where did it go? Yeah. And he, the thing about did, AMS is is that he was good there, and that's kind of my reason why why I put him on cold because. After AMS, I was like, okay, he's back. Mayfield's back. He can win any race he goes to, but it hasn't happened. He, he okay. hasn't, you know, held up to that. And that's why I think he's right now. He's a bit cool, you know. Maybe not okay. cold. Maybe a little cool, you know. Okay. I'll put that in the notes real quick. A little bit cool, not fully cold. All right. Yeah. So my next, my next, uh, on, was my was my my comment was. Uh, so we just had this really great Montpellier race, right? Uh, we know that uh, almost all the top drivers are SIC. We know they're going to be at DNC in America. We know they'll probably be at PNB following that, Silver State, and obviously the National. So we know that's happening. But here we have this great moto, uh, Montpellier race last weekend. We have almost every top eight-scale driver in, the, in Europe attending this race. And we have, uh, and then there's no real commitment to the next race after that. So the next big race coming up is IBC. Rana Fox not sure if he's going. I talked to Angaru, he's not sure if he's going. I want these European racers to commit to a series of races that could have been, it would have been perfect, right? We would have had Montpellier, IBC, Euros coming up. Uh, then we probably could have picked another race in between them to put into that. So for me, I want to do a European series, but I can't because these guys, a lot of these guys that went to IBC went last year. So they're not going this year. Like, well, Rona Fox not sure and Angara's not sure. I think it'd be a great shame if they didn't go. And uh, I want, I think right now the commitment from the European top drivers to come together and race like Montpellier it's very cold and very cold in comparison to the American racers who are going to race each other in and out almost every month on two different platforms. So right now I am not happy with the commitment from European racers to attend races where they all compete together. It's very cold. It's, it's, it's like finish 30 degrees below. I might die if I don't have a jacket on cold. Yeah. We know that the top American guys are going to be at DNC. We know that they're going to be at PNB, and we know they're going to be at Silver State. There is so no the other race besides the Euros that we know that all these guys are going to be together. So they're kind of just wishy-washy on whether or not they want yes. to go to IBC yes. and the yes. other races during the year. When they should. They should go to this race. And then they should go to some other race in between now and then. Because they don't have a busy schedule. They have a busy, They might have a busy national schedule, right? And there are individual nationals. Yeah. But these American guys, they're traveling to 10 scale races and eight scale races. Okay. So 
Shame no, on I, the European guys. There. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell yeah, you. Not Yay, not we get to say that now. You're no longer okay, now Max is gonna defend them if all this finished vigor. Okay. No actual plunge for the next uh, few minutes. So, uh -oh. the I completely agree with what what is happening, and I think it shouldn't be happening. I think all of the European races should be committed to be like like Americans working together and racing together at these big events. The reason why it isn't happening is exactly like you like started out already. They are busy with their national schedules and their like national sales. Why this is, is because an Italian doesn't speak Spanish, a Spaniard doesn't speak Italian, uh, a German doesn't speak, you know, Italian or uh, Spanish. And these all are very, very separate markets. As we talked about before in this podcast, Ongaro probably makes a big, big amount of his, you know, not maybe personal income, but long term, like good income through his brand Ong, which is almost 99% uh, targeted to Italians and selling, you know, cars and kits and option parts to Italians. Canas has his own shop in, in Spain, so on and so on and so on. And these, the language barrier between these countries is effectively the reason that it, it doesn't really benefit them uh, like monetary wise to go to these races. And even some of the manufacturers don't really have benefit from these races because the coverage is so poor. The coverage is so poor because people are not committed to this. And that's probably the big issue because a big part of holding Europe together as a world power in, in many things is UK. Rallying has um, UK media, MXGP has UK media, um, Rallycross UK media, any motorsport ever has UK media presence. And that's because they're the only like nationally English speaking country that can have the universal language broadcasted to the world. And in RC, you can't really fly out RC racing TV to IBC. It's just too expensive. It's not monetarily worth it. That's why luckily you are going there. And I think people within or the racer specifically should recognize that they have also their part to play in this. They have to understand that there is a bigger thing. Like if uh, Jeffrey Hurlings uh, decided that he's not going to race MXGP because he like wants to speak Dutch or if, uh, rally drivers wanted to race in their own languages uh, own own countries spaces and market to their own countries because of their language those series wouldn't exist you have to come out of your comfort zone you have to you know do things for the greater good in a sense and in my, i'd argue that it's for the good of these drivers too to race against the best it's not enough to just promote for your own country in RC at this day and age. It should be required by the manufacturers like X-Ray, like Associated, like uh, um, any of these. 100% agree with you there. Especially, yeah. especially on a continent where people are so tightly packed together. Exactly. I think I don't see the, the silly thing I feel is EU is the same as, you know, EU as the union. 
is the same as America. The difference is USA is a feder federal government and EU is just um, like not a federal government, but it's getting close there. You well, you know what? Confederation. States, states and countries, states in America, countries in Europe, pretty much the same thing. The difference is that the language, it's the language. That's, that's yeah, but why you know what? There, we don't you know problems. what? You know what? We need to get over it, though. We need really to get need over to. it and need to be at these 100%. races because, 100%. Uh, because that it could have been it could be this race. Then I would, you know, so it used to be it used to be like they would go to Montpellier, they go to IBC has been a popular race they went to. Obviously, there was Neo that they went to. They had the Biddy Design races that they went to, Buggy Lamb. So there are the races out there. Uh, they just need to go right. Stop being wishy washy about it and go. And you know what? Kudos to the American races. They are going, they are attending, they are making a series. By the way, we forgot to talk about it last week, but we got actually asked about our series from some of the intermediate drivers. So I need to get some graphics made up. We need to probably make a Facebook group or something like that for that so people can keep can keep track of that. But yes, right now, I feel that the commitment from the European racers to commit to a group of races where they all race together in Europe very cool, and America's very hot right now. Go please, USA! Please, if you are uh, a listener of this podcast and are a fan of Runner Park or Ongaro, send them a message like, "Hey, are you going to IBC? I'd really like to root for you." Okay? Yeah, push them. We want to get them to IBC because we want to see. It's going to have good coverage. We're going to get to see them race on the track. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That who's doing the coverage? Provided great racing last year. Who's doing the coverage at IBC? Ah, uh, some idiot who talks too much. Uh, myself oh, yeah. and uh, actually the guys, they work for the association. So they'll be doing the, the cameras and stuff. We're going to do a lot more okay. this year, but definitely should be going. All right. Uh, that was our hot and cold. What do you guys think uh, about our hot and cold subjects? Do you agree? What do you think about the 8 scale racing? What do you think about uh, Lutz, Mayfield and European races not being, not coming together to race uh, uh, in a very union-like European style fashion. So hopefully we shake some, shake some branches and some some beehives fall out. I already did that oh, by mentioning confederacy. You Excuse mentioned me? confederacy. Yeah. yeah, I said EU. You could call it a confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to add before we go on to our conclusion this weekend? I've talked too much today. You have definitely talked too much. I haven't talked. Uh, Enough, but you haven't not talked it. enough. So tell us what's going on with you, kid. What are you doing? This are you racing this weekend? I am racing this weekend. There's a double. There's like a double header racing again at Loganville because that's like the big track in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And they're doing two races in one day. One race in the evening. One race in the morning. So are you going to both of them? I'm going to both of them. You have a, a well. Not it's not new to you, but <clears throat> a couple of so this gentleman lives like. He is so close, not so close, but I would say he's with two hours away from lots of racing, either way, mm -hmm. right? So he could go down to Florida and race, probably a little longer down to Florida. He go over to the Carolinas race. I can go to the Carolinas a lot easier than Florida. Well, they got that new Rocky Point Raceway that they had to race up there her, the other day. That place looks nice. Did you I see do. that? I did. It looks very nice. And I very, plan very on going nice. there very soon. Uh, coming out to Florida to race at any FRCC? races that'd be great probably later on for you probably later on in the year uh i still got to get through this internship yeah 
Max, what what big race do you want to attend in America? That's what somebody asked me. Come to AMS. It's probably um, the closest thing you get to a European style race. I, think I don't Wicked know. Weekend. Wicked weekend's also like, good, but it's also going to be really hot. Wicked weekend. Where is Wicked weekend? Is it in Georgia? Pretty close to me. In Wicked, in, is, uh, is, it Georgia, is it close to Atlanta? Yes. It's like what, what's the closest big city? Atlanta. Atlanta. How which how is far like away? about give or take an hour. Not even that okay. really. Um. Yeah. Hundred percent. Wicked weekend. I think I like the the venue. It's open. I don't want to be in a fucking dust bowl full of smog and uh, nitro fumes. Uh, yeah, it's so all open there. Yeah, it's. Uh... I I like the style of um, Wicked Weekend. I don't mind the hot. I've never been to Georgia, so yeah, not AMS. Not really like I don't know. I like the format. I would come for that, but I think you know, where was it? Tennessee. It was in yeah, Alabama. He... Alabama, yeah, yeah, Tennessee, yeah. I don't want to go to Tennessee. It's fucking trailer parks next to trailer parks, <laughs> and then Alabama. I don't know. I'd much rather go to Georgia, to be honest. So I think if on my bucket list, if I went to America, I go to Wicked Weekend. Okay, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going anywhere till next month. So I'll be watching a lot of racing this weekend. We're doing some virtual coverage probably this weekend. And the next, we're testing out. So that's about all. If you guys do want to watch some racing this weekend, FTC. Uh, what else do we have going on this weekend? We have FTC. And I think that's the big, big race going on. Oh, FRCC, which I will be sharing as well. FRCC Sundancers. So two coasts going at it, Florida and uh, California. No, Arizona, sorry. Close to California, four hours away. But uh, thank you, everybody. Just a kind of a, a short three-hour and 14-minute podcast. Short. Quickie. If Max not paying attention to the safe words once again. Uh, what? Let us know what you guys think about our topics today. Always let us know in the comments. Max, you got to get into those YouTube comments. I'm surprised you ain't. Uh, join are us they, in the are, NNRC. Are they roasting me? No, but you would definitely have fun talking. The more people that talk in the comments, the better. Uh, join Boost us in our NNRC algorithm. Discord. Yeah, feed the algorithm. Feed the algorithm. I'm going to be doing some interviews next week. I've done a couple. Now I'm just saving them up. I'm going to start releasing them soon. Her. Uh, with that said, I think that's all we we done for today. I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you to Cade for coming on and not being as talkative this week. Very tired. Letting Max get all the talk the most. We I'm watching her to contact Max. No, I'm, like a, I'm like a sniper. I only talk when I need to. He's like Simo Hauha. You know, it comes full circle. He has been like the main character of this podcast. We started out with him. We, you know, almost got him again. And then at the end, we came back. Yeah. And we don't know if you're actually sitting in your underwear or not at this point. At this point. Oh, I so, could be totally naked. Exactly. Yeah, no. Which it's not what I want to imagine. Those of you, those of you what just listening on the, those of you just listening probably don't know either. Yeah, you know, yeah, obviously they have know. no idea. But even here, nobody what, knows. You could never. Nobody know. knows. Nobody. Yeah, it's knows. like the TikTok sound All right. Nobody well, knows. thank you to everybody around the world for the support. Thank you to the patrons and YouTube members for the uh, support. Thank you to these companies that uh, continue to support us. We have the links in the written description for everything here. Coupon codes, affiliate links. 
and everything else in between. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Corsa Tech USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Stacked RC, Racecraft USA, RC Box Hub, Call RC, Elite RC Productions, Florida RC Championships, RC Body Armor, SJ Racing Builds, House of RC, RCGV, shout out to our drivers, Dave Ronafalk, Robert Battier, Alexander Hagback, Maddie G, Peck Ivanen, Juno Hotman. Roach, you have a good time at Loganville this weekend. Max, you have a good time of n- snow. Just lots and lots of I'm snow. I'm going to the north. Uh, we're Where there's more to... snow. Where there's more snow. It's cold. Oh, here. yeah. Right here, it actually got to the positive degrees. So we had some of that melt away. But now it's just fucking icy hell. But uh, we just <laughs> talked to my girlfriend's mother, and she said it's uh, like it's like a what is this? Like a six feet of snow there. There you go. So I'm I'm uh, waiting to go there. It's gonna be nice. Well, I hope you enjoy your reindeer balls while you're there. With that it's said, not, it's not that hard. We are gonna say nitrous glory. E buggy pays the bills. Max, Cade, and Lefty. We're out. Have a good evening. Be safe, everybody. A good evening, a good weekend of RC racing. Let us know how it goes. We out. See you guys later.